Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Uncensored Anime Podcast, where three fans of anime share uncensored takes on the anime that we've been watching. Three weebs with tiny peepees. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, everybody, welcome. Uh, this week, th- so this is episode seven. Mm-hmm. Today is September twenty seventh, twenty twenty, and oh, we, this we throwing episode, date stamps out there now. Throwing dates, yeah, you know, just in case people are watching, you want to know. Um, today's conversations, we're going to be talking about a lot of um, streaming services have dropped their fall twenty twenty lineup for anime shows. So we're just going to be talking about that, and then we're going to be getting into our two shows, which are we're going to be starting off with Promised Neverland, and then ending off with my story. And then, as always, Katie's going to share with us an unraveled uh, little tidbit. So, we were talking about this the, the the lineups that we were seeing online, and then we just decided we should just start recording and then keep having our conversations. Right, so, right. Yeah. So, Jerry, do you want to go through a specific one first? Yeah, or homie, how do you let's let's this? chat a little bit. Let's just chat about a couple things, and I'll let y'all jump in. I mean, y'all need to jump in, obviously. So, those of you listening, sure. if you didn't know, the fall twenty twenty anime kind of starts this week. Well. When this episode airs, it'll definitely be starting, and there will already be a couple shows that have started. Some will still be yet to air, uh, but me and the boys, we're actually going to be doing a first impressions episode where we watch 13 new shows, and we're going to be coming at you with some reviews of those shows, or first impressions. Not You can't review something off one episode, right. but first impressions of those 13 shows. Just give you a little sneak peek of some of those shows, and maybe you can jump in while there's only two or three episodes out and get a jump start on something you want to get interested in. Then we're going to carry some of those through the end and actually review them at the end of the season. Uh, at some of the shows that we actually end up liking of the 13. No way we're going to stick with all 13. We expect to watch a little bit of trash. Um, everybody likes some <laughs> trash, baby. But before this, the boys and I were talking about some stuff that's been hitting. So, Kenny, what was the... Uh, there's a couple things that dropped this week, right? A couple additional things beyond... Just the so yeah, the uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll dropped their official fall 2020 lineups. But in addition, there was a couple other like small things that dropped. What did we get this weekend? So uh, first of all, Shaman King trailer two or trailer one? Uh, I think really it was a it, teaser that came right. Out it's at it's SDCC. really just yeah. it's really just another teaser. Yeah. If we're being honest, and it's a, sort of a weird snippet of the the show to show. Yeah, but it's it's cool. Check it out. Obviously, Shaman King is hype. We're hyped for Shaman King. We're here to we're here to go shaman, you know, to be shaman, shaman king. What up? Oh Jesus! Um, but I spoke it into existence. My favorite shojo manga. I was talking about this this last week because we were watching my love story because I love shojos. And my favorite shojo manga, Horimiya, gets a trailer. It's 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 coming out. It's coming. That's why you're excited. Uh, I'm okay. excited for that show. It's a, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, didn't you talk about it on another episode, Kenny? I think I talked about it last week. Oh, okay. Maybe it was just last week. Dang. So it, it, the trailer dropped in between then and now. So Oh, my God. It's pretty It's pretty wild. You know, I'm just speaking oh, really? into existence. So uh, check out Anime Studios. Please pick up Blue Lock. I swear it's going to blow up. I <laughs> Kenny, swear. Kenny's holding it right now. He's, saying, he's putting it into existence right blue now. Blue Lock, anime, baby. please. Give me that. And now give me Blue that, Lock give me that, give me that. anime. Yes, baby, yes. Uh, right. I vibe, I vibe. So Horamiya and Shaman King both got teasers. David, you have not seen either of these. What'd you think? You watched the teasers though, right? Um, no. You didn't even watch the trailers? Boy, we I sent saw, them to you. I saw, I saw the trailers that Kenny shared Boy. and I was like, those look cool. And then Boy. I never watched them. <laughs> oh, but 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 looking at, you know, all these lists that um I currently have them up on my other screen right now. Yeah. 
Um, oh, noblesse. Noblesse is looking pretty good. Noblesse. I'm getting, third... I'm getting some vampire vibes from it. I've been sorry. No, no. Noblesse. Noblesse <laughs> is the Noblesse is the completion of the Trinity, the Webtoons Trinity. That's what everyone right. keeps telling me. So, oh, it's another Webtoon. Right. So Tower of God, oh, okay. God of High School, and Noblesse. These are the the Webtoons Trinity. So oh. I hope everyone who's been hyped about how good Tower of God and God of fucking high school are. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't deal with that. I've actually, I've actually heard I, good things about God of High School's like animation. The like plot that. I've heard is like makes We've, no sense. Kids, but... What have we watched? Maybe like nine or ten episodes, something like that? Hey, I've read 370 chapters of God of High School. I fucking like that. <laughs> okay, you might like the, the webtoon version, but the anime we've watched, I think nine or ten. We're not caught up. Uh, the anime is good, though. So I think the anime is... Although they made some changes, and I'm like, we're gonna have like, to deep dive it when the season ends. But um, yeah. Yeah. we'll, we'll have a God of High School episode. We'll make David watch it. But my only thing is that it's it's what happens when uh, you realize. I, I feel like the author realized that uh, people just love shonen anime, and he was like, I'm yeah. just gonna throw as many shonen anime tropes into a blender and just poop a story out. And he was like, Oh, I'm just gonna shit. It. I'm just gonna fucking. Drop a steamy duke on the story. Just, oh my God. You know, he just wanted to get it all out of there, y'all. He got it out. He got it out. And it's, and it's hot. It's hot. People are hot about it, dude. Bro, I'm, it's hype. Okay? It's hype. It, it is hype. There is certainly a level of like, everyone's always looking for that next big like hit, right? Like, what's that next right. big shonen anime hit? And recently, we've I feel like we've been kind of blessed by like reboots of classics. And we've been blessed by like, you know, between uh, Hunter Hunter, JoJo's. And now, um, Shaman King, like we've been blessed with some reboots of, of classic shonen. So we haven't had to worry about like what's coming next, especially, and we talk about this a lot on here, boys. You know, we talk about Dr. Stone. We talk about, uh, we haven't really talked about Black Clover, but obviously it's up there. It's one of those ones. There's there's not much to talk about with Black Clover. (laughs) It's up there. People, people on it though. We're talking about Promised Demon. We talk about My Hero. We talk about, Mm. um, Jesus, what was that other show? Oh, Demon Slayer. Uh, you know, these yeah, are yeah. these are all this next generation of of shonen that everyone's trying to figure out what's going to be the next uh, big thing. My hero has certainly taken the lead, is what I would say. It's the next. Uh, it's definitely this generation's. Um, you know, it's it's this generation's Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, it's, honestly, this gener- yeah. it's this generation's Naruto. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I think people just want God of High School, like they wanted Tower of God to be the next big thing. They were like, oh my god, Tower of God. Have you guys watched that? And now, um, <laughs> you can't even lie. When it was first starting, David, I feel like people who didn't even watch anime, people were like, oh, bro, did you watch Tower of God? Um, yeah. I was like, chill. Yeah, like before we did this podcast and I started really getting into watching a shit ton of anime, um, even I was noticing, like, seeing online communities, people hyping up Tower of God. Yeah. So it, going it, into it, I was like, this might be pretty good. Yeah. It's and then, episode then, three and people, four, they know our or- opinion on this. Yeah. Episode three episode of four left such such good impacts, and then it just was downhill. So everybody everybody started forming opinions. Oh, three and four are out. Like this is the best. This is the best thing ever. And then it was like, I'm gonna flame that shit all day, every day. But yeah, so then we had God High School, and people started hyping that up. And now I've already heard some hype, some underlying hype for Noblesse. So I'm happy you brought it up, David, because we are definitely. It's gonna be one of our impression shows. It's gonna be one we're gonna have to give some first impressions off. And you know, you know it coming out after that. The third, the fourth webtoon on the market, Scoob and Shag. Look out for it. You don't want to check out my Ballyhoo, okay? Honestly, you if, you, if you like <laughs> oh webtoons, you gotta go read Scoob and Shag. That you shit gotta is, read Scoob and Shag. Is, I don't know where that came from. David, if you read it, 
and Shag. Okay. I I was there when you guys oh, had like yes. a, a oh, yeah. re party. Yes, we, we live streamed it almost. Yeah. Um, what a what a what a joy Scoob and Shag is. I, that'll never get turned into anything other than a web comic. But yeah, uh, obviously. But, but still, it's a beautiful, beautiful creation that deserves all the attention in the world. Um, but so let's talk about a couple of these. Oh, okay. So Kenny mentioned those two trailers. We also got a release date for Attack on Titan, the final season. That hits later this year, which yep. earlier this year, it was going to hit later this year. And then there was an announcement or a leak of information that it had gotten pushed back to 2021. And now mm. Attack on Titan said, nope, we're, we're coming out this year. We're hitting the ground running this year. So MAPPA has gotten us this last season of Attack on Titan. You know, we're going to have that directional change. We're getting into the final season. We've got a new animation studio. I think everyone's excited to see what happens. I think part of us are worried. Part of us are excited. There's a mixture of emotions because people who read the manga know that there's hype coming, that the end of right. Attack on Titan is good. A lot of people that I know uh, who read the manga say that they are they're present, ple- pleasantly surprised with the direction of the manga. So I think the anime is right. going to be good. And I, I love the anime Attack on Titan. A lot of people kind of lost it in the second season. They didn't stick around. I think that they should regret that because season three brought that show back to me. I think it brought that show back to life, gave it a whole new life, gave some new character development, some new story elements that have really reinvigorated my love for the series. I'm excited for the last season. I hope that MAPPA doesn't drop the ball. I don't expect them to. They're a really great studio. We all love MAPPA. Oh, yeah. They've done such a good MAPPA's job with really good stuff. So I don't expect them to drop the ball, but you never know with their love. Mappa loves 3D animation, so I'm you know I'm worried, but I hope that they stick true to what we're doing. Right. Um, so we did get that release date as well. Uh, I feel like there was some other stuff. There was definitely some other trailers. If you go ch- look up new anime trailers, I feel like a couple other trailers dropped. Maybe some stuff we weren't as excited about, but stuff you guys might be. Ex- right. Oh, I mean, Log Horizon I just- season three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Duke- Dookie Sandwich season three. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, we're able to. I mean, we could put the links to all these in our video description. Yeah, right? we'll link a couple. Well, yeah, we'll link a yeah. couple of the. Yeah, check it out if you are tuning in right here now at this point in the uh, the podcast. Definitely check out the the video description on YouTube. We'll drop a couple of the of the fresh trailers there, so you can go check those out, and maybe you'll find something that you're hyped about as well. But let's talk about the 2020 lineup, David. Uh, it, just looking at the list, you said no bleach. You're hyped about. What else jumped out mm-hmm. at you? Did you see anything that when you saw that list that you were like, oh, yeah, I want to be a part of that? Um, so we talked about it last week. So Burn the Witch is coming out. And not only is it coming out, but it is, it is dropping Thursday. This Thursday, October 1st, Yo, 5 wow. p.m. Pacific time, which Actually, I guess. By the time this episode drops online, it'll be out. Yeah. Burn the Witch it'll already be out. So by the time you're listening to this, Burn the Witch will already be ready to be viewed on Crunchyroll. So I know we'll be definitely talking about that at least briefly next week. Uh, as maybe some starting info, maybe not a full review, but we'll definitely be talking about it because I know I know we'll probably all watch it. Yeah. Um. Just <laughs> just scrolling through this list. Um. I think Kenny's talked about this before, but uh, Iwaka Iwaka Karu, Sport Climbing Girls. Oh, yeah. that I, read, seems, I read that one. That seems pretty uh, pretty interesting. It's one. literally what? just is it literally just rock climbing girls? Uh, David, don't ask questions. Okay. Okay, well, I, 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 pretty good. I read a lot of sports mangas. This week, I read Batuk. Uh, it's about uh, Capoeira. Uh, that's what I read this week. Wait, well, what is it about, Kenny? I didn't hear that. It's about Capoeira. Uh, a girl fights oh. Capoeira. Yeah. Okay. It's it's good though. Okay. But yeah, I, I would really say I would it. say I would say my three for excitement are Burn the Witch, the Sport Climbing Girls, and No No Bless. Mm-hmm. Okay, I dig. Kenny, what do you yeah. think, man? 
Uh, I mean, I I also this past week I caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen, so I'm excited about that one. I think that I think that they have a lot of good like a lot of cool animation can happen in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not the biggest fan of it. It's it's fun, but some of it is not very good. Uh, right. I, I think that a lot of people are hoping that Jujutsu Kaisen will get the um, it's gonna get the. The Demon Slayer effect. Right, the Demon Slayer effect, where the anime is just better than the manga. Yeah, which we, you know, I'm excited about. But, you know, uh, I enjoy it. I mean, uh, you know, I enjoy showing a manga, so. Right. Whoops. MAP is also the studio working on it, which might help. Yeah, I think it's... So is this, is this not popular in Shonen Jump? It is. I think it is it popular is. in Shonen Jump, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say it's one of the, like, mid-tier mangas that's running right now, which is why it's getting an anime... Mm. Um, it's yeah. definitely one of those ones in Jump that if you're not reading it already, you might not be getting into it anytime soon, but maybe the anime will pique your interest and kind of get you reinvolved yeah. in it. Kenny, what else were you... Did you see some others that were jumping at you, man? I mean, I just watch... I watch anime, man. Kenny watches everything. I don't, I don't focus too much on what's in front of me, okay? Right. I just binge that shit, okay? Right. I binge it right up, okay? Hey, are Nate, you? Hey, Reboot, reboot Ice Shield. Hashtag reboot Ice Shield. Give me oh, Ice Shield twenty one. Reboot Ice Shield, please. Here's what I'm thinking. So I think David and Kenny pretty much hit all the ones that are the most hype. Uh, but the, another interesting yeah. thing about this season is we've got a lot of returning series that'll probably interest some of you listening. Uh, yep. You know, we've got the return of Haikyuu coming back for part two of the to the top season. So we're yep. getting the the next part of that. Uh, they're doing. So, is it a reboot of Higurashi or is it a continuation? I don't know. They're doing something with Higurashi, which is an older series. I, I want to say it's probably a second season, but you never know. Right? I mean, you remember how long it took for Attack on Titan season two? So yeah, I want to say Higurashi's from the first anime series came out in 06 is when the first one dropped. They did a follow up season in 07, and it looks like they were getting. Let me double down. Looks like they did a couple other. I've never seen Higurashi, but fans, yeah, it is. It's a new season. I don't know if it's a remake though. It's just being titled as Higurashi when they cry new, so totally huh. could be, uh, could be anything there. Uh, we're also getting a new season of Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? That one's pretty popular. Getting a new I'm season sure. of the Irregular at Magic High School. I think people are gonna be hyped about that. Um, what else? And then uh, one that at least we should briefly talk about is the continuation of Inuyasha. You guys seen this? Yashahime. 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 Yeah. yeah. And now yep. this is an anime original continuation of the series following the children of Shishomaru and Inuyasha. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? Shishomaru's daughters and Inuyasha and Kagome's daughter? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, I thought I thought Inuyasha and Kagome have twins. A boy and a girl. No, uh, other way, I think Shishomaru has twins. And then Inuyasha Just, and uh, okay. has, has a daughter. At least it says it's a story of Toa and Setsuna, Sushomaru's daughters, and Moroha, Inuyasha, and Kagome's daughter. Ah, so there you go. Also, I Jerry, think did you did you read the uh, the description? Sit, boy, it's time to watch the Inuyasha sequel series uh, we've all been shit. waiting for. Oh <laughs> man! Honestly, dude, I, I I don't know who is asking for this. That's what I. That's my biggest <laughs> question here. Like, I love Inuyasha. I do think it's kind of getting a revival. In the sense of its popularity is kind of coming back right now. Some people are rewatching the old show. It's all available on Wait, Hulu. I think it was recently put on Netflix, right? Yeah, I think you. Could, it's on. It's either on. Net, I want to say it's on Hulu actually, David. But they put the whole oh, thing Hulu. on there. 
You can watch the whole original series, uh, including Konketsu Hin, which was the final act season that they created quite a bit after the original series. But I just don't know who was sitting around saying, I want an anime-only uh, continuation of Inuyasha following the daughters of our protagonist. I'm not sure who they're trying to focus here with this series. Pulling the board, though. Yeah, let's right. be totally honest with ourselves, okay? Inuyasha is the biggest proponent that I think that filler anime can be good. Because the filler arc in that show with the seven the seven dudes resurrected is the most fun, coolest fucking arc in that show, okay? Kenny, you're like the guy who says, like, the best arc of Dragon Ball was when they were going to their driver's test. No, no bro, I'm telling you right now, whatever they fight, the, what are they called, the, the Big Seven or whatever? No, the it, was, seven, it is actually a fun arc. The I Seven agree. Swordsmen or whatever? Yeah, That's yeah, some yeah. shit, okay? It is actually a fun arc. But I don't know, who was that? Like, do you, were you guys asking for this? Were you guys sitting around waiting to see... The story of uh, the daughters of our protagonist from Inuyasha. Is this what you're psyched for? So I remember like like when I was younger, you know, watching anime before I was even before I even knew it was called anime, like mm-hmm. watching Inuyasha like on Adult Swim or Toonami, whichever block it was on. But watching it and liking it. Um but you know, I don't <laughs> have flashbacks to my childhood thinking, man, I enjoy those times when I watched Inuyasha, you know, late at night. Um, yeah. so yeah, I was not really asking for this or I'm not really excited for it either. I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I will either. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I- I'll watch Kenny it. Kenny will watch it. Kenny will watch it. I'll watch it. I'll report back. I'll report back. Okay. Who's the studio working on it? Sunrise? Yeah, mm, Sunrise? Never heard of them. No, Sunrise. They're, they're known for every Gundam. I, 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 they're known for every Gundam series ever, David. That's their like, uh. That's like their claim to fame, I guess, I would say. Okay. The hey, wait. Gundam. Did y'all see that Gundam, though? They made that Gundam for the Gundam movie? Oh, they did. Yeah, I saw that. You know, the live action one? one? Dude, yes. That's how, okay, the that's how they, they, they trick our asses, okay? They're like, no, 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 it's just a big, you know. It's just it's for fun. It's just a big puppet. <laughs> and then, and yeah, and then the Japanese are sending in their damn Gundams to beat our asses. We'll be done for. They're hitting us with the shining this fingers man, and shit. What are we supposed to do? Jesus Christ! Oh God, wait, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. Sunrise did Cowboy Bebop, and uh, all of Gundam and Code Geass. Did they technically do Cowboy Bebop? Oh yeah, Geass is them for sure. I feel like Bebop has other animation studios involved, but I could be wrong. Um, and and they did Gintama. No, oh yes, they are. They are the Gintama group. Yep, they did every version of. I think they did all the Gintama. That they that the Bebop is probably Sunrise. Let me double double down. So yeah, sense. starting life. In it is one of world. Japan's largest and best known studios. Hundred percent, bro. Yashihime starting life in another world is a half demon. That's what I'm gonna watch coming up. So. Someone will watch it. I I might watch the first episode and see what how I feel, but it doesn't look animated well based off the the trailer they dropped. So if you haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. Yashihime, Yashihime, you're gonna yeah. I the animation actually looks pretty stale. Is the word I would use, which kind of makes wow. me fearful, but. Uh, only other mm. things about this season. There are a couple, maybe like sleepers, that I think some people should be on the lookout for. Uh, obviously, every season is going to have a bunch of isekais. One of them might rise to the top. I have no idea which one. Kenny might have a better idea. It's the, the one that's going to on, rise to the top this season. The one that's going to be on Netflix. Uh, it's like middle-aged worker reborn in another world. Oh jeez, uh, middle-aged worker reborn in another world. Or it's something. It's like uh, I'll I'll try harder in my next life or some shit like that. I, the, the names are so stupid, man, okay? Just, you mean my man Netflix? 
Netflix, Netflix got it. this stuff. Netflix got it. It's that's it, random. People say it's one of the best isekais because it's just it's Is just it classic businessman arise in another world. I think so. Yeah. What the heck? some shit like that? It's yeah. It's, I'll yeah. try harder in my next life. The manga looks goofy, dude. Is it? It's <laughs> actually. Pr- I read the manga. I don't think this is the right one. Can you? I think I'm looking at the wrong one. I didn't read the uh, the uh, light novel. This is but... the right one because there's no there's no mention of the okay. anime of this. Um, let me uh, let me look it up. Whatever. Yeah. If if Netflix is getting it, it hasn't been updated on the list that I'm looking at. That Netflix is getting it yet. Um, but I bet Netflix has already announced it somewhere else and it just hasn't been updated here. I do think mm. there's a couple sleepers to look at at Funimation and Crunchyroll's catalog. One is called Akudama Dive or Akudama Drive. Sorry, I think that it could be a little bit of a sleeper. So I would keep your eyes open there. That's over on Funimation. And then I uh, think shit. That, I think this one got pushed back. I think that another one that could be a sleeper is Ikabukuro Westgate Park. I think mm. that you all should keep your eyes open for that one as well. That looked really that, interesting. I think that one could be a bit of a sleeper. Seems to kind of be a more serious. Uh scaled up type of uh drama series so i think that, that could be a sleeper it got uh, delayed to 2021 never mind Mush- um, mushoku tensei uh jobless reincarnation i will seriously try if i go to another world is that the one that, yep that one's supposed to be uh really good or it is oh, really but it good. Got, i enjoyed it, it got pushed back it got pushed back to 2021 ah, so dang never okay. mind that so no what other but no those are my two sleeper picks i think that Akudama Drive and Ikabukuro are ones to look out for. They're both on Funimation this season. So if you've got the time, check them out when they drop over the next week or two from when this hits. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that Funimation got both of those. I really thought Crunchyroll would grab one of those two. But it seems like Funimation is taking in more of the mature series. Crunchyroll Mm -hmm. seems to be pretty hyper-focused on getting the popular shows and um, the more, like, relaxed shows. While they're letting Funimation and Amazon and Netflix kind of pick up more of the mature or mature shows, you know? Um, right. I feel like um, a lot of times... Uh, what's it called? Amazon tends to get, like, one that's, like, really good. Like, yeah. Amazon usually gets one that's, like, surprisingly good. They'll always and you're like something. Yeah. Yeah. I, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they get something good this season too, Kenny. I'm trying to think. What do you think they might grab that's left after Netflix or Funimation and Crunchyroll's announcements? Are you looking at the anime no. chart? How do I? I'm thinking that they could get any of the more more serious ones, like Moriarty the Patriot. I don't think that got picked up yet. I could see that running over to Amazon. I could see, jeez, what else did we see on here, boys? Where did you Where did the sport climbing one end up, boys? Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. I think I'm surprised. I didn't see a. Uh, any, I don't think that did Dragon Quest get picked up at all. No, it did not. No. Yeah. I, I at least I didn't it see did it not. anywhere. The Dragon Quest anime. I'm curious. Maybe that'll go over to Amazon or Netflix. That one might get a little bit of love just because of the history of Dragon Quest. Those of you unfamiliar, it's a very popular game that has been around for yep. quite a while. And some of the older artwork, I want to say maybe Toriyama co- yep. committed some artwork to it at some point. Yeah, He still does it. Okay, he yeah. still does the artwork. So Toriyama is still involved in the artwork. So that's the creator of Dragon Ball. I do think that that's, the, um, that's another interesting one that could maybe end up somewhere. 
Uh, other than that, there's not a ton. You know, some of the more mystery or drama focused ones I feel will end up on Amazon. So keep your eyes peeled there if you're more of a mystery or drama or more seinen focused person. Amazon will probably snag a couple of those ones that are left uh, still to come. Bro, what, what's Taiso Samurai by? Uh, yeah, I was Studio looking at the map one. Oh, yeah, that one might be good. It, it looks very Yuri on Ice. It's about gymnastics. Has it ended up anywhere? Uh, it doesn't say on the wiki page. Oh, it's about gymnastics. That's weird. It's about gymnastics, man. You know, you know, whenever they start oh, doing Kenny's shit like that. Kenny said, I'll do any sport. Uh... Speaking of, um, someone mentioned Amazon earlier. Did you guys also see that um, Amazon snagged a live action adaptation of Promised Neverland? No. Really? I hadn't seen yeah. that news yet. What? Yeah, there, so the, the live action movie, which I think is... Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese yeah. drops in I think before the end of this year, and then Amazon is making a, I believe if if I'm remembering correctly, an English version of Promised Neverland. Are they into a series? Whoa, 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 oh, so Amazon picked up the rights to produce one. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. I'm curious how the Japanese production of the film will come along. Yes, the looks like the live action film is set to release in Japan later this year. Yep, in December. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if anyone's a fan of the live action, you know, Japan will put out a couple of very interesting live action anime adaptations. I think it works a little bit better for like Erased has a live action anime that we've talked yeah. about. My Love Story, what we're talking about tonight, I think has a live action. It it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So if you want to check that one out too, those are some cool cool shows that have live action versions. Uh, I will say that the actor who in that movie, all of the actors and actresses in the live action, my love story do not look age appropriate in any way, shape or form <laughs> as the show is about a bunch of 15 and 16 year olds. And all the actors look like they're in their thirties. Uh, yeah. Promise Neverland is also uh, wrong with their ages. Like oh. if you watch the trailer for it, cause they've already have a trailer for it oh, yeah. for the Japanese movie. Right. They all look like, teenagers when they're supposed to be you know six to twelve yeah they're supposed to be babies kids for wow real. i can't yeah. believe they got these countdowns coming for oh I'll, and we didn't even talk about uh fire force season two is coming out oh shoot no season oh uh, no, continuing it's, it's continuing or, oh it's continuing it started, it's not oh yeah it started last season so it's already been going okay. the only other one is golden kamui season three does start which if anyone's a big fan of the true. first two seasons i've only seen a bit of the first season myself but it did seem to have a good premise. I would like to revisit it at some point. So season three of that show is coming along. I believe the manga is pretty well received. So I would say that there's uh, most likely more positive coming from Golden Kamui season three as well. That's pretty much it for the upcoming season. So this was kind of our hot takes on everything. None of this is really out yet. But like I said, we're going to watch the first episode of 13 new shows. Not continuing seasons. Not season twos or threes. We're going to watch the first episode of 13 brand new shows. That are going to have their first episodes aired. We're going to give you our first impressions two podcasts from now. So not next week's podcast. But the podcast after that, we'll be watching all 13. And on next week's podcast, we'll be announcing which 13 shows we will be watching. So if that interests you at all, or if you want to hear more discussion about the upcoming season and the seasons that follow, you know to stick around here on the Uncensored Anime Podcast. Hit that like, comment, subscribe button, baby boys. But plug, 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 No, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. Let's, uh, let's get into it tonight, boys. Y'all ready? All right. Yeah, let's do it. I think that the best way to start on our episode tonight is we've got two shows. We've got an awesome Shonen Jump series. 
one of the best out right now, slash over over in the manga, but more to come in the anime. One of the yep. best going at the moment. And we have a very popular shoujo anime from a couple years back, uh, which should be a lot of fun to talk about as well. So we're going to talk about the first season of The Promised Neverland. First, so if you've not watched The Promised Neverland, then please listen to our friend Kenny. Tell us, Kenny, what is the first season of The Promised Neverland about? So, Spoiler uh, warning for those of you. Yes. Oh, hot, hot diggity shit. Yes. If you haven't seen it, at least watch the first episode. Go watch the first episode before you listen, at least. Um, yeah, yeah. But if not, you can. It's a very easy watch. Twelve episodes is good. The manga is over, so I actually know the entirety of the story. But uh, just talk about season one. You are introduced to a handful of characters. Our main characters are Emma, Norman, and Ray, and they live in this orphanage with a ton of other kids, and. You know, they're just hanging out, playing tag, doing some tests. Uh, also, they have numbers on their necks. I don't know why they have that. Um, and also, they aren't a lot, they're all walled in on every side. So so then their friend Connie gets adopted, and, you know, that's really cool. Connie's going to get a, have a nice new family, but she forgets her bunny, and so they bring her bunny through the gate, and it turns out there are these crazy fucking creatures that are literally farming these kids inside of this like their cattle um and these three kids norma emma and ray are really smart and they need to get out of that situation and emma in particular is unwilling to abandon her family and so they spring a plot to try and break out of this orphanage um which is walled in on all sides and created so that they can be fed to these these monsters mm -hmm. um, and that's the that's the plot of Promise Neverland. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that, jeez, uh, guys. So Kenny and I watched the show as it was airing, so quite a bit back. I want to say it aired. I read this manga as it was. Kenny actually read the manga as it was coming out. I watched the yeah. anime from the, from the very beginning. I like, did not touch the manga. Kenny told me it was one of a good manga. So when the episode, the first season of the anime aired, I sat my ass down and I watched it every week. I watched it weekly right up until the end. It's one. Of, it was one of the most like edge sitter type of shows for watching it weekly so if you watch it in the binge format you are going to get probably a bit of a different experience than i did but um in kind of reviewing it this week just to prep for the episode it is truly a uh an interesting new addition to the shonen jump lineup but david you had pretty much zero idea what the show was about huh prior to yeah i had i i had no idea i've maybe heard about the show once or twice here and there um but uh, I went in completely, you know, no experience, uh, uh, it just dove right in, and I was not expecting to see what I saw. Um, I literally just finished binging it, um, to those that are listening, like an hour ago, uh, so it's it's still pretty fresh, um, but I'm, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for season two that drops in, you know, January 2021. Um, I am trying so hard not to read the manga. I'm yeah. trying to. I want to try to. Wait stay, on it. I'm trying to stay like to to the anime. I'm, I'll be an anime bro for this show. Me too. Uh, but let's uh, on... yeah. What do you want to talk about first, Jerry? Yeah, let's hit on a. So the series was produced by. So first off, yes, it's a Shonen Jump series. Which for those of you that are not big like Shonen Jump fans. Uh, don't be torn away from the show immediately, right? David, you're a shonen guy. David, you watch a lot of shonen. Kenny, obviously... Yeah, I love shonen. You watch just about what everything up? that comes out. I read shonen jump cover but to cover. Obviously, you watch, you read shonen jump cover to cover every week. 
And this is a Shonen Jump manga, but that does not mean that this... I think this is one of the first series to lean into... Okay, so we've all seen Death Note. It's like suspenseful. Right. It's right. Like, it's, I even think... It's it's like... Like... Oh, you go, Kenny. I think that it's like intentionally built to be similar to Death Note style. I think that Death Note in particular had such a lasting impact in Shonen, in Shonen Jump and in mystery manga, I feel like in general that sort of uh, mental mental game where you're you're fighting you're not just whacking each other with big swords you're not you know you're not asta you're not just going to whack somebody over the head um, but it, that sort of week to week where it was suspenseful and it was you know and your characters are fun and interesting and they're intelligent and they think their way out of things and they do things smartly and sometimes they they don't win uh, which is Rip a, Norman? Rip Norman? Rip Norman, dude. Rip Norman. Um, man. So the and another thing is this is a production by the group known as Cloverworks. So uh, for those unfamiliar with Cloverworks, it's a sort of an offshoot studio of A One Pictures, which is a massive animation studio in Japan. Uh, but only a couple shows have sort of given the like have the Cloverworks branding, which is some shows like Darling in the Franks, which is a very popular production. Rascal yep. Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai is a Cloverworks production. Final Season of Fairy Tale, Promise Neverland, and the upcoming Horamiya are all uh, Cloverworks productions. So pretty new offshoot studio, only dating back to about 2018. But they come from they're subsidi- they're, they're part of A1 Pictures, which is a huge, much much larger catalog of series. Right. But their A1 Pictures, I would say, is considered a good studio uh, in general. And yeah. Cloverworks has already kind of built out its place, and I think Promise Neverland establishes that place even further as, like, look, we're doing something cool over here, right? I mean, the first time you see those monsters animated, I was shooketh. I flipped the fuck out. I was shooketh. I was like, they are are terrifying. Terrifying. They are absolutely blood-wrenchingly terrifying. And they get progressively more fucking terrifying. Like, yes. they are scary fucking monsters. Um, but it just the... I love how crisp the beginning of the show is and how crisp the beginning of the manga is where it's it's almost too clean. Mm. Intentionally, for the, the, the grossness of seeing their friend get put in that jar and this fucking creature... With weird long fingers and a mouth that opens the size of their heads. And you're fucking terrified. And these, you know, little 12 year old kids are like, fuck, we gotta get out of here. Like, we cannot be here anymore. Um, I, I do think that this show, and like I was saying earlier, this, the Death Note comparison, right? There's not really a space for the Promised Neverland in Shonen Jump 20 years ago. To be upfront, yeah. Promised Neverland couldn't have, and probably wouldn't have run in something like Shonen Jump. 20 years ago just to be a, mm-hmm. like to be honest you know shonen yeah. jump was pretty much a pretty standard battle and comedy sh- uh genre uh, not shonen as a whole but shonen jump was a pretty standard battle and comedy magazine you had action shonens and you had comedy shonens uh, that ran in jump you didn't really have much of the in-between until to me death note redefined that potential there was potential suddenly to do mystery and intrigue while still applying it to the shonen demographic that was a right. really uh, good shift and it proved itself by being a, an enormous massive like i'd say worldwide hit right you've got this yeah. worldwide hit oh, absolutely. In Death yeah. Note. and then you now you have the space to do something like the promised neverland and 
I think we are better. The genre is better for it. That's what the my initial yeah. thought on the Promised Neverland is that Shonen as a genre is better off because the Promised Neverland exists. It is able to say, look at what we can do in this demographic and in this apparent appeal, and look at how much we can sell, and look at how much we can do with character development, with plotting, with pacing. Look at what we can do and prove to you all that uh, there is an there is a desire to read this type of story uh, in the demographic of shonen, which is you know young boy. It's that twelve to like eighteen year old boy demographic, um, and this is a plot that has a female lead a child female lead that's running that ran in shonen jump and not just ran but ran successfully for four years um and has uh, broken a ton of sales records as manga so uh, that is my one initial statement is this is this is a show that uh, defines and proves that there's space for new and creative ideas in shonen jump in shonen as a genre another show that that plays on that right attack on titan is in a similar zone it is it plays on shonen demographics with a whole different perspective Promise Neverland in the same zone. So let's talk about what I think are the highlights, and I want to hear y'all's opinions. The first highlight of Promise Neverland, what makes the Promise Neverland so strong, is to me the characters. Thoughts on the characters, David, Kenny. What do you guys think? Uh, well, first of all, Emma's great. She's so unbelievably shonen. That's that's a that's a a great part of her is that she is that shonen protagonist. She's like, well, I want to save everyone. I want to save everybody. Right, we want. I want to protect all the kids here. I want to be able to do everything my way, and I want to be able to accomplish it without, you know, facing sort of consequences. And then Norman and Ray sort of ground her, especially Ray is that super cynical. Like he's negative. He's like, we can only do it if it's the three of us. We can't get it together like this, you know. And then Norman, you know, sort of wants to help her and wants her to accomplish better goals, you know, accomplish your goals, even if it's not, you know, smart. Mm-hmm. It's not the right idea. He's like, I can accomplish what you say and what you set out because it's me and because I'm capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I I think that them three, I love. Uh, I, I like Don and Gilda. Uh, they're both two fun characters that uh, become more interesting. Obviously, uh, Mama is a phenomenal character uh the and she's sort of our first antagonist uh right our first, arguably right. the main antagonist of the of the entire first season yeah yeah and in you know the the creep they can't fight the creatures right from the beginning uh and i think that it's important that they see you know and in sister crone as well that that they fight with other humans to begin with uh which is really important through the rest of the series. But uh, I think that because they set up uh, Mother Teresa, is her name Teresa? Which one? The other? Wait. The main 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 mom. Isabella. Yeah. Isabella. Uh, Isabella is, one, somebody who was in their position and fell. You know, you could even view her as a previously primary shonen protagonist. Um, but she was incapable of accomplishing her goals. And through that, she fell and lost sort of her right. her moral responsibility as a human. Uh, and I think that that first battle, this first, you know, sort of chess match against the antagonists in the show is really important. And I think that it, it makes it even more terrifying 
as we go into fighting some of these creatures. Mm. Um, yeah, because I mean, obviously, season two is going to have some of that direction. Kenny, don't spoil anything talking because I know you've read the manga. I want our viewers still have only had to watch the anime to know what's going. But for David and I, obviously, the next step is our children are going to have to not fight, but it feels like probably outsmart the the creatures in some way. That's that feels like the natural progression for this series. Um, so yeah. I'm really curious what that's going to look like without it being too hokey. I think that's my biggest worry. Season one was really awesome because it was people versus people, right? And that is something we can comprehend and that we can really follow. I'm curious if the show goes, I've heard only positive things about the direction of the manga. So I feel like we're in for a treat, but uh, I do think that I'm, I'm curious how they are going to manage to take us into a fight between seven year olds and the, or well, I guess they're what, 12 or something? 13. 12. Yeah. yeah. They're like the age Naruto was in the first season of Naruto, but they look like they're four, and Naruto looked like he was a grown-ass man. Uh, <laughs> and they what, don't have any of the what, ninja skills. Yeah, that, I don't know what Kishimoto know, was smoking, bro. Okay, David, so yeah. tell me, uh, characters, from your, your perspective, uh, what was your thoughts on these characters? How, how'd they make you feel? What'd you feel? Well, I wanted to, to touch on what you were talking about with mm -hmm. the, the typical shonen and how Promised Neverland is not at all a typical shonen. Mm -hmm. And you you kind of learn that as a viewer, like right in the beginning of the show, where um, Emma and Norman are under a car and they see Heine just just dumped in a like a giant vat of water or whatever, just liquid, mm -hmm. and talked about like their cattle. And it's 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 put you know right at the beginning that these kids are powerless and they can't you know if this was a typical you know shonen um the main characters would try to fight them they would lose but then they would like you know go on this journey of getting stronger right. and then you know building up to this ultimate battle of them fighting them um this is not the case at all they you know they're they're literally food to these creatures so the the entire season they're planning on how they can escape and it's amazing i don't know if i was this smart when i was 12 years old yeah no fucking uh, way i probably like yeah i yeah <laughs> i would I not be able it. to come up with the plan that they did at 12 um they it, it was very I, I don't know i think it was very i guess inspiring or just yeah. cool to see these kids um you know try so hard to think of how to not only stay alive but to keep their what they what they consider family their, their family members alive, um, the other orphans. So I think it, it was just really cool, and um, it just felt good to see that these characters were um, not in an, an impossible situation, but it, the odds were definitely stacked against them. And then to see like the last the last two episodes of the season were stacked with content, especially the last episode. Um, I feel like just so much happens in just twenty three minutes yeah i'm trying to remember is the back are those back half is where you like learn about the sis uh this is where you learn about isabella's past and like the, yeah is that where all that comes in okay yeah yeah, yeah. so like literally the last four or five minutes of the last episode it. it does like a montage of uh, a little bit of backstory of isabel yeah and then you you realize that you know spoiler alert again that ray is isabel's son yeah which yep. Um, which was funny because literally as we were getting into our discord, I was finishing up the episode and I'm sure Jerry and Kenny saw my reaction to that. He said, um, <laughs> it's like, what? No way. But it's, I about it, jumped when I, I first saw it too. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish that 
you know, I would be very curious to see how I would react if I did watch this as Jerry did from week to week Bro. and you know, go six, seven days not knowing what would happen because all the episodes end on a on a cliffhanger. And so, you know, it's that greatly affects the experience watching yeah. um, in, a, in a binge format versus week to week. So yeah, I feel like each week I was like going giga brain, you know, like I remember there was the episode where they were trying to break into the room to get the what was like a book or something. What was that mm-hmm. like small plot? And I remember one of the episodes like ends and like Ray or someone was like caught. Like we thought they were done for. I was like, what kind of giga brain ass thing is going to get that? I said, yeah. he's dead. He's, I said, they're feeding his ass to aliens. I said, that's it. They're about to that's de- that's the I, remember, I, came back, here, I came back the next episode and that shit was something else. He got caught by something else. It was said, like Phil walks in. Son of a bitch. I said, you did not do this to me. I said, I'm going to slap you, Promise Neverland. Oh my God. This is one of my favorite things. I was going off. Every week, at, in like the post chapter comments, like people would comment, people yeah. would be like, "Phil, y'all gotta remember Phil. Don't forget <laughs> about Phil. Don't forget about Phil." Back in the old Phil, days. bro. They they always were thinking Phil was about to show up with the fucking cavalry, like like oh. Gandalf the White looking at. <laughs> Four year old like, Phil. Oh. Yeah, Phil's about to show up. Oh, the Okay, so uh, to wrap up, like the character discussion, what makes this show such a fucking blast to watch? is they took the three, uh, and you guys probably will agree, they took the three character archetypes that exist in every shonen. There's your yeah. mo- your main protagonist. She sort of has a desire to get stronger, to get better, improve, constantly improving. She's got everything that a primary shonen protagonist has. Then they took the uh, the anti-hero. They did the same thing. Ray is the shonen right. anti-hero. He's the Vegeta. He's the, the also uh, building off of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's your answer. He's your side. He's building off of what Emma is doing, and then you've got your sort of, um, you know, your smart character. He's your tech wizard. Your your right. side guy. He's your Krillin. He's your um, fuck. Krillin. That wasn't a great example, but you know what I mean. He's the guy that's like there. He's smart. He can think things through. He's giving pro- progressive advantage, and I think that um, they took the relationship you traditionally see in a shonen between these type of three. I mean, Naruto implored this, like, from the get. They literally put everyone in teams of three that followed these exact archetypes. Right. Um, so you've got this. They they did this exactly. But then what they did was is they let these characters be able to lose. They let them have opportunities to, to fail quickly. And we had to watch them struggle to understand their place. Because at the end of the day, they were they were they were placed in a team to like, they all needed to help each other and move forward. They had to succeed together and mm-hmm. watching that develop with this version of these characters, right. Made them stand outside of their archetypes. They had moments, especially since Emma is a female character. She had some vulnerability moments that a, a standard shonen protag isn't going to have um, things that Luffy or Goku would never do. Emma did do whether that's uh, sacrifice, sacrificing himself or of of understanding a place, and especially her ability to empathize with Isabella, I think is pretty clear by the yeah. end. Emma has something, yeah. a sort of empathy that most shonen protagonists just don't have. So that's what makes this show, on a character level, as a sort of a character study, much more interesting to me because you have three characters that follow what would be a traditional archetype, and they they turned them on their heads. They let them play outside of that. They let them have their own zones. They let them exist in new, new and untraditional ways. Made the show really interesting, especially when you have a plot, which is the second part we need to talk about. 
the plot of this series, or it was so well paced and so well dialogued that whether like there were moments where I was forgetting that there's fucking like giant alien creatures like outside because you you get so caught up in the the sincerity of the conversation between mm-hmm. some of these characters who are really more invested in who are you in your past? Who are you now? What are you going to become? What is your purpose in life? For 12-year-olds, I was like, ah, shit. Um, but it was that ability to press the pace via sharp dialogue that mm. um, created a plot that blow, blew my mind. I mean, I don't think that Shonen Anime has created something as tight since Death Note. I, and I want to say, yeah. I, I have to keep going back to Death Note because it did the same damn thing. Um, but Promise Neverland does it, I'm going to be up front, I think it does it better. Um, I think that it actually handles pacing and plotting just a little bit better. Yeah. It learned from Death Note's shortcomings and is able to actually give us a even more fast-paced mystery shonen, which is super cool, I think. Which, speaking of Death Note, check out Platinum Inn. That's a good one. It's a monthly, too, so... Kenny said, ah, bop, 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 bop. But what do you Plot- say? Plot- it's the one. It's the one that they're doing now. It's the, the right. two guys that do Death Note. That's Plot, placing, pacing. I think I've got my thoughts out there. What do you guys think? Plot, pacing. What What was it about this show that made us... I don't know. What was it about it that, that makes it feel so fresh? It feels so fresh to me. And I think that watching right. it, it just mm-hmm. feels so... Un, like, not like it hasn't been done before, which, but it has, but it just feels well, yeah. so fresh, right? I think it's the resurgence of horror. I think that horror has become really popular in anime and manga lately. Um, and I think that having a really good shonen anime about that has very dark horror aspects mm-hmm. that, let's be honest, these are these are fucking creatures from the Black Lagoon, like, these are horror creatures, and. Being able to mix that in with, uh, with, you know, shonen stylings, is really cool, and I think that the plot of, of Promise Neverland is, it's like an arrow, right? You know where it's going, you know, but you have no idea how it's going to get there, mm-hmm. and you don't know how many feathers it's going to have by the time it lands. Take right? that you don't quote know. home, Kenny. I like that. Yeah, I you, think that's a good one. You don't know. You have no idea who they're going to lose or how it's going to happen. Or you know, nobody is immune from you know, especially in that first episode where you meet all these characters and you know you're kind of you meet a lot of characters in that first episode. And Connie seems like an important character, and she's just gone. And then whenever Norman makes the sacrifice. Yeah, what uh, what other shown in anime kills a character that has that many lines in the first episode? Very uh, few. Yeah. And the fact that they yeah. just... I don't know of any. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a big through line of the show is that Emma doesn't want to lose anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's tough whenever she does. Whenever she has to give somebody up. Whenever, you know, things just don't shake out in the direction that you know, she can truly protect everybody. Yeah, she, and it's all about her overcoming that and continuing to, to fly forward. You know? She's a deeply empathetic shonen protagonist that does not... Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can name another protagonist in this genre that acts like Emma does. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, she was, ready to, she was ready to give it all to just give, um, to give Norman just a few more... Yeah. I don't know. To just yeah. more more time to live. I mean, she was willing to risk their entire plan that they had mm-hmm. at that time, like not fully thought out, but like pretty well thought out. Uh, she was willing to sacrifice it all just to try to save Norman. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Tibbs, and pacing. Uh, so I think the plots. I mean, it's a very simple plot. I mean, you know, orphans realize that they're cattle, so they're they want they need to escape. Yeah. Uh, I think what's really made, at least for me, the show so in um, just enticing is just the the characters and the conversations and. Um, I think the animation as well um, did a really good job of, you know, I I, I could completely empathize with the characters when I um, when I would see their facial expressions. I feel like their facial expressions were really well animated. Mm. Um, it was very obvious that you know they were horrified, or you know, um, whenever um, the the very first episode when Emma and Norman look into the back of the car. They don't show any of it, but they they just show their facial expressions. That you can right. tell from what they're seeing, Damn. it's completely horrifying. Yeah. And so, um, oh, that's such a good David. David, and they say in literary in liter in literature, right? One of the best techniques you can implore is show don't tell, right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, this show did that a lot. It did. It just, did. That's yeah. you nailed it. That's such a good yeah. point, David. Here's. For a show that is literally, I genuinely, this is a show about people talking to each other, period. That's all it's about. It is. Uh, To be able to make it suspenseful and make it action-driven and make it interesting to watch is such a good work. One, from the manga author, because obviously putting those set pieces together correctly. And two, from the animation studio, because, you know, a manga author can put a page full of text, really. You know, put one character on the page and have them talk the whole page. Mm-hmm. But being able to, I, I remember a lot of these early chapters, it would be just like silence. It would be bl- blank pages of, of like race mm-hmm. skulking or, you know, them sneaking around corners or, oh no, a, a light just pierces the, the, the darkness that they're hiding in or whatever. Mm. So much of it is, you know, that's that suspense that is created through through no dialogue whatsoever, you know? Yeah, the absence there. Wow. Yeah, but um, so- I was going to say oh. something else, but... Uh, fuck. There were... We'll move on. I we'll forgot. Move on. It's, it's a good show. Watch. It was a good show. show. I think... Show. Okay, so last points of, of, of negotiation there. So I think we, we layered on pretty thick what makes this a strong plot, strong piece of work when it comes to dialogue pacing character development those are certainly the positives of a series like promised neverland Uh, i do wonder do you guys have anything that stood out as maybe a weak spot for this series i think that one thing okay and i'll start also okay i have a thought about this that's why i wanted to bring it up this is a tough show to critique because it is it is a well thought out well paced well plotted it uh, sort of adventure fantasy shonen, right? And because of that, it's rising to the top worldwide. But I do wonder: is this show going to stand the test of time, and will it leave like an an outstanding mark on the shonen community? That's my hope with this, right? So I do think that, unfortunately, uh, as shonen jump fans come. They are not generally generally attracted to a series like this. Um, this has no power fantasy. This has no Super Saiyan. Uh, this is a, a tightly plotted uh, mystery and uh, one that out- unwinds in front of our eyes about strong characters. 
But will it, because of that, will this stand the test of time in Shonen Jump? Death Note was able to do that, and I, I wonder if it's because it was the first of its kind. But I think about many other Shonen series that after they finish their run, they fall into this, um, you know, yeah. did they change the genre? And I want to say that my answer right now is that Promise Everland did change the genre and that 10 years from now, people will still be talking about it as a setting bearer, a standard bearer for where we can go with this. But I am, I'm curious, did, did it, did it do enough? Uh, again, we still have more seasons of the show to come. I mean, just be yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where it'll land after it's all said and done. The manga has finished though. The manga is concluded. So the story's over somewhere. You can go read the end of the Promise Neverland right now if you wanted. And it is a completed series. And everyone knows the hype kind of dies down when a series completes. And people start to really look at it. And because when I really pull it back, like I said earlier, while it's got really tight dialogue, tight pacing, um, and a really tight plot. And by, I don't mean like it's cool. I mean like it's tight. Like it's tightly wound. Right. Um, <laughs> I do it's think, also tight. That, yeah, I do think that at the core of it, Kenny, Kenny kind of mentioned this. It is a pretty straightforward, um, not particularly like uh, advanced series to list. You know, like you can comprehend and follow this show quite easily, and mm -hmm. I think intentionally because of the demographic it was going for. But because of that, I think maybe the author may have held themselves back from some of their more mature or more uh, developed themes that they may have tried to put in there. So I don't know. Thoughts? Is there anything, you know, because I, I do think that this is borderline a perfect shonen anime series uh, in its current format. But I, I do wonder, does it have legs? Will this have legs? I don't know. David, do you have any thoughts? So, I just finished the show, so I'm really curious. Yeah, I mean, well, you said it. I mean, there's only one season out. So the entire uh, manga was 181 chapters. Mm -hmm. And I think this first season covered the first 35 to 40-ish chapters. Is that right, Kenny? Something, Something like that. that. Right, yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, you know, if math checks out, there's going to be about another four to five-ish seasons. I'm about to say, uh, there's only, I think there's only four major story arcs in the whole in the whole thing. Right. So there might um, be like four four to five-ish total seasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, as far as we know, the, the plot can get a lot more complex. They could be introducing a lot more things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we've only... So in this universe, as, as much as we know, there are, uh, there's basically like a hex, this, this map is like a hexagon, and their orphanage was in one of the areas, and I think there's six total areas, and our um, immediate group of people, which I think are about four, 14, 15 of the kids that were able to escape, mm -hmm. are now in a new plant. So, I mean, we might explore all the plants when the, when the show's over. Right. And there might well, be something more than just humans and monsters. I mean, they escape the the hexagon entirely, like they run out of the hexagon. Oh, so they're on the outside. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't go into uh, the other the other hexagon holes. Oh, just I, was I, thought they, I thought they escaped. Well, because they talked about wanting to save other kids, so I thought they got right. into a plant to save, to try like, to break everyone out. They that's their intentions in the long run, right? That's why I mean that's why they left Phil, right? Right. Be upfront, David. I think that there is a potential. I'll say it right now. With only 181 chapters, the first season of 12 episodes covering a solid 40 chapters of this series, I think there's a potential. I don't think they've announced the episode count for season two. I'm gonna be upfront. I think there's a potential they'll go through to the end. They'll just end it in one season. Uh, Whoa! Really? 24 like 24? Imagine, 24? Yeah, just do a 26 episode series, cover the the next 140 chapters. That's not out of 
that's not out of the possible. I wouldn't. I would not rule that out because. Uh, Will that fuck I, with pacing though? No, I think it could be paced really well. In my thought, because at a forty chapters and twelve episode pace, you're covering what three to four chapters an episode. Um, yeah, give or take. Yeah, about about three to four chapters an episode. I think they'll probably up the pacing to something like a five chapter episode pace. I think they could go right through and do twenty six, and it would still feel really nice. Um, I, I already, I love the pacing in the first season. We already talked on it. I could see them doing mm-hmm. it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think that, I think at the very, they won't do more than two more. I think it's going to end in, if it's not going to go all the way through to the end in season two, it'll end in mm-hmm. season three. They're not going to last. It's not. They're not going to give it a fourth. You know what I mean? They're not going to keep dragging this show. Yeah, around. yeah. Most of time, it's not like a My Hero Academia type right. show where they're most right, of the time, My Once a going. series has wrapped, yeah. once a manga has wrapped, they're going to want to complete the anime. Uh, or else they're going to start losing viewers. Because once the manga is wrapped, the story's over, people are become less interested in an anime series, unless it's some that sort of reboot, sense. something like that. So they're going to probably mm-hmm. shoot... I, I mean, we've seen it happen with shows like Bakuman. We've seen it happen with shows like uh, Bullock's Assassination Classroom. Um, they both got... Uh, essentially, the manga ended, and they just went ahead and did another season and wrapped it up. Food Wars and Haikyuu are essentially taking the same route right now. They're going yeah. right. In, they're just jumping right. Food Wars is over. The anime just did the final yeah. episode of the manga. So it's fully over. The anime and the manga have fully adapted and it jumped right in. Pretty much the manga ended and they said, all right, let's just rush it. Let's finish up the last season. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that. I thought they were going to wait and do another full season, but they are already completed. 2020 was both both those coming in. I am curious mm-hmm. what Promise Everything will do. If they only give us 12 more episodes, I would be surprised. Uh, and if they do only give us 12 more, I would say season three will be a 24 or 26 and it'll wrap it up. Yeah, so season three would be it at the most. Yeah, I think for sure. Three, yes. I, I don't think they're going to drag it through another core after that. That would be, I think, a little too much just because it's such a tightly like wound series. I think that dragging right. it much longer is going to be going to be rough. But good points overall about that. Uh, Kenny, do you have some thoughts on any of that? Um, I think my this is my biggest gripe with the show, with the manga, with everything, is that we are introduced to a lot of characters that Emma cares about, and some of them, we don't really know who they are. Um, a handful of the kids that they escape with, you don't really know who they are. They're just kids they escape with. I forgot and, you her name, and that's it. Yeah, and so, like, it's important to Emma, obviously, and these characters are important to her. But sometimes that it, you do lose that, and I think that uh, more so as it continues to go, you get. I think that there's a bit of character bloat uh, in general. Uh, that's why. That's why it was always the, the big joke that Phil's going to come back. Phil, you know, you got to remember. You got to think about Phil uh, back at the back of the orphanage because it's like you know there is there's a little bit of bloat in that. In that aspect, but you sound like a Kenny. You sound like what happened in One Piece when the Sabo flashback happened, and you oh, see a yeah. fake die, and then every arc that happened after, they're like, well, "Oh like my god!" Coming. They were like, "Kinemon Sabo." They were like, "Oh my god, Caesar Sabo." <laughs> oh, I, Caesar, I remember Caesar those is Sabo. Yeah. Oh, man. But then Sabo was Sabo, man. and then Sabo, Sabo was just Sabo. Sabo. He was he was real. Yeah, Sabo showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm eating this this uh, ace fruit, bro." Yeah, what everyone, up? Everyone kept saying it for like two arcs. You know, Fishman I- or yeah, Fishman Island, um, Punk Hazard. Everyone was like, "Where's Sabo? Where's Sabo?" Then we get to Dressrosa, and that boy shows up. There Woo! was Sabo, so, baby. I, I'm gonna say it right now. When Phil shows up at the end of the manga, Kenny, you don't spoil. Or the, I'm we're gonna be hyped. We're gonna be like that four year old fucker, <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Boom! <laughs> oh, you know he's going to be a part of something important. Yeah, yeah, he, he has to. 
He has to be. He has to be. He has to be. Okay, it's boys. Cool. Um, so I think that's it. Let's uh, let's let's pump it. Let's uh, let's uh. I, I mean, yeah, animation, art, all that good stuff. I think we all agree. Right. Very well, well yeah. done in the show. I don't think there's much to tie, like tear apart on that uh front. So uh, yeah, let let's hit it. What is our rankings, David? Count us off, and we will flash the. Screen. Oh wait, wait! I gotta think about this. Oh yeah, you like just uh, finished, so like you have. You I know, just finished. Where would you rank uh, the first season of Promise Neverland? Just first, the first season, season. Promise Neverland. Kenny, you gotta think about uh, it. Just season, right. not the manga. I know. I'm ready. All right. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> this much. I gave it eight. Yeah. Oh damn. Okay. I, I go eight. Eight. Kenny goes eight. David, you go eight or nine. I went eight. Eight? Oh, you said four, four. And I said like seven and a half. That's like where I'm at. I think it's all like, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's right there. So that we're all actually pretty much in the same zone. Um, yeah, I think that it, to me, it's like a seven and a half. And I think, again, I'm mm. only pushing it down. I think that I think I'm worried where the series will go. I don't know what the next step is. I hope it doesn't get too hokey. I hope it doesn't get too too bogged down by the, the monsters. And it stays sort of in the in the psychology battle that we got in the first season. It's got great character development, great pacing, and great art, animation, and dialogue. But like Kenny say, there's some superfluous characters, and there's kind of this worry that it's it can get a bit boring, I think, for some people that are maybe used to action shown in or comedy shown in. That's where I, I hit it at 7.5. It's a really well-crafted show. It's a really well-crafted series. It deserves the love, and it totally deserves... I don't care if you are just a Dragon Ball watcher... Go watch Promise Neverland. If you love this sort of stuff, you already watch stuff like Psychopaths and Tokyo Ghoul, you're going to love The Promise Neverland. I'll be up front. If you're into that other shit, like Dead Man Wonderland, to, The Promise Neverland is is that but better to me. It's, it's, uh, that's, a good, that's a good unravel. i got to write that down. Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> that shit got it's it's that fucking better. Dead Man, Dead Man Wonderland, it gets pretty AWOL. That one gets fucking stupid. It gets AWOL, dude. But, yes, uh, that's why I got 7.5. Kenny, uh, David, mm-hmm. what do you think? Why why the 8s are like any... So, oh, yeah, I, I gave it 8. I mean, it's probably because I'm a little bit, little bit biased because I l- literally just finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but even though that I binged this show, a show that would probably be a much different experience, watched from week to week, um, I really love the characters. I love the the universe of this show, and I'm really excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. For, uh, really excited to see what can happen after... Um, after the end of the season, right? Uh, there were there, something I didn't mention about earlier. There were times when there was a song that started playing during key parts of oh, uh, throughout the show. Sick. I think the song happened like three or four times, and it was like, oh, what was it? It was like a trumpet was playing. There was like it was like a whole orchestra that was playing. You're right, and it was like very hyping. Like, Whoa, those are my favorite parts of this season. Was when that when that song started playing because it was during very, very important parts of the season. Right. Um, I can't remember them. Anime I just watched does a really good job. But, uh, right, of, anime will do really good about picking like a, like a song that's like, it becomes the song that is like tied to an emotion. I actually yeah. want to talk about this in our next review, the show we're about to talk about. Because oh it, yeah. It did next it show lot, is a good example. No. Yeah. It did it a lot, yeah. but uh, I forgot promise. Everyone did have this one theme that would play during the, during the really serious, it was during a lot of those prime uh, like breakdown moments where we would be breaking yeah. down, um, and that's where they would use it. And you're right, I forgot about that theme, but it gets stuck in your fucking head. I remember yeah. it like being in my head for weeks after I watched the show. I think it was during like parts when they were like like all like at like a table and like planning out something. Mm-hmm. Um, that music would play, right. and I just remember like just like sitting up and like really focusing and just like getting like pumped up. 
yeah absolutely so yeah but yeah i think like in the moment i eight is the number that's shouting out to me right now so i think sure. it's, i think it's well deserved kenny uh yeah i i feel the same uh also look out uh, just i think a couple weeks ago the author released a one shot. I don't think we've seen the last of this author. This artist. Oh no way! They're they're like, uh, they're on the top of the world right now. Best oh yeah, artists. I I I don't think that we've seen the last of them. I think that uh, I don't know if that one shot's going to get picked up or if they're they're going to develop a different story altogether. But it's uh, we've not seen the last of them. Correct me sure. if I'm it's wrong, a, boys. It's an anonymous person too, right? Oh, they're anonymous. They don't reveal their face. They don't. They don't know. Uh, so it's so, so it was written by Kai Shirai, mm-hmm. and it's a pen name. Oh. Of a mangaka whose real name and date of birth are unknown, according to Wikipedia. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would definitely be on the lookout for whatever they do next. I think it could be another big hit. I th- and correct me if I'm wrong, boys or people in the comments. I want to say Promised Neverland is one of the top ten best-selling mangas of the year last year. So it was one uh, of the highest-sold yep. mangas in the previous year. I want to say it was like number six or something, five or six. Really well, uh, it's being people in Japan, whereas where a lot of manga is being primarily purchased is they're buying it. They're buying this series. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely get into it now if you can. Okay. Woo, what a blast. I love that show. Everyone go watch fucking The Promised Neverland. Hey, you guys. It's really let good. Me, let me tell you. Wait. Just what? wait. What? Just wait. Just wait. He's saying, just wait. Oh, just wait. Yes. Just wait. Oh, just wait. Oh, wait. man. Wait Phil, what are you doing, man? Wait till season two, baby. Wait till season two. Just um, wait. I can't wait. Let me, I make, can't let me make sure wait. that my hand... Let me just say, GP... That arc, that one's a bop. Okay, cool. Awesome. So All we're right. going to totally shift gears. We're going to talk about <laughs> a totally different type of show, for the most part. We're going to talk about the quite popular popular, popular uh, shoujo manga that ran, I want to say back in, oh, or ran through to 2016, I think is when it ended. Yeah, 2011 yeah. 2016. The anime all ran in 2015, so about five years back. But it was a very popular shoujo series. Ran in the Shonen or Shoujo magazine, I believe it was yeah Shoisha's Bisatsu Margaret magazine, um, published by Viz here in America, and was adapted by a. And this might shock some of you, or even you two, if you didn't know, it was animated by Madhouse Studios. Yeah, you guys know Madhouse. Yeah. Madhouse uh, for like the, Lagoon, baby for the viewers at home. Madhouse is pretty well known for doing like some. Badass anime is the word I would use. Yeah, like including Vampire Night. Oh my god! Including the 2011 Hunter Hunter adaptation. Is it? Are they really known for Vampire Night? I'll no, I have no idea. But I had to say it. It had. It had to be Vampire, Vampire Night. Hunter D Bloodlust. They're very well known for Night, shows but... like Parasite: The Maxim, which was a very well known show that came out. No Game, No Life has beautiful animation and is also a very powerful show. You've got the new Hunter Hunter reboot, all this stuff. And for some reason, they also animated My Love Story, a manga about a big guy and a little little girl. Uh, not little like young, little as in she is a small person. Well, they're both young. They're 15 years old. They look like they're 15 for sure, right? No. Um, but, <laughs> Kenny, go ahead and give us our breakdown here. What is My Love so, Story about? My Love Story is about a very big man by the name of Gota Takeo. And he has never had much luck with women. Uh, but his good friend, uh, Makoto Sunakawa, does have a lot of luck with women. Uh, but it seems like he always tends to turn these girls down. And then one day on the train, Takio, who is a good moral boy, and he's a strong 
Uh, good, huge good guy. Uh, he stops a groper on the train from this this girl, Yamato, and she falls in love with him. And it's all about their love story um, and how they come to understand one another and their affection for each other and their affection for their family and their friends. Uh, it's just a cute shoujo, and it's really just it's enjoyable to watch. Uh, if you like shoujo, it's good. Um, I, I love that, um, in particular, I think that Takio obviously is based a little bit on Kanikuman, and he he is this sort of he is a shonen protagonist if we're being honest right like he could easily yeah. be the the captain of a baseball team or the you know the the guy that is in charge of a sports anime well he's but, unquestionably the protagonist of this series despite oh, yeah. it being a shojo series the perspective of the show is actually a male perspective which i was a bit surprised by for something right. that ran in a shojo magazine yeah um, yeah, but he just he, he is so like wholesome and he's he is an anime trope if we're being honest right mm -hmm. but it's it's put in a totally different scenario that that you're not used to and it's fun and it's cute mm -hmm. um and that's that's my love story right mm -hmm. uh yeah it's very i remember i think this is the first shoujo anime that i've seen from beginning to end Seriously, really? shoujo. If, yeah. if, if ever, honestly. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was... Uh... Banana Fish. Oh. Banana Fish okay. was technically a shoujo, but okay. it, 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 it's a okay. heavily shounen-inspired shoujo series. So it's hard right. to call that a traditional shoujo series. This is right. like, all me. First traditional shoujo that I've seen. Yeah. It's a very right. traditional shoujo. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Boys it is a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a not quite traditional shoujo, right? We're not, you know, we're not in the in the care of some some girl who falls in love with a pretty boy, and you know, right. and then obviously another girl is going to enter into the mix, and then another another boy will. Uh, but so, so up? legit question: What is like stereotypical shoujo? Is it what Romance. you just described? I mean, it's yeah. Just, so I shoujo is. It's always a girl and a guy. They fall in love, or they they meet each other and they like each other, but they can't mm -hmm. admit feelings for each other quite yet. And they begin to sort of talk, and then usually another female character is introduced who tries to go for the boy, and then they have to, and then most likely another male character who likes the girl is introduced. Yeah, and and that also plays out in my love story. Right? Yeah, that wait that that literally happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it still has all of the the traditional shojo tropes show up in this show, and, uh, right? No question about it. Just from it's just mm -hmm. interesting because it comes from the perspective of a male, um, yeah. right? As your protagonist, uh, when traditionally a shojo story, just like shonen stories, are often told through the eyes of a boy. But we talked about one told through the eyes of a girl, uh, Promise Everland. Mm -hmm. This is the reverse. My love story. It's a shojo series tradition that's are traditionally told through the eyes of a woman, now being told through the eyes of the male um, in this mm -hmm. series. So. I thought that was very interesting to talk on, but yeah, I, um, yeah. In uh, doing a quick look, Kenny, and uh, you read the manga, right? It yep. seems like almost all of the manga got adapted, but maybe the last volume or two, so maybe the last like four or five chapters, something like that, right? Yep. It seems like we it's... only barely lost the ending because the manga didn't conclude until a couple months after the anime did. It's not much. It's like uh, 
I believe she gets like an offer to move away, and then he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and then he's like, Oh, I'll just I'll just go with her, oh. and they just re- they just reaffirm their love, and then they're like, Yeah, I assume. You know, it seemed like the show did a good job of setting... Again, the ending actually did feel... It didn't feel like it wasn't an ending. Like, I, I felt yeah. comfortable with the ending. I don't think they're going to do another season to try to animate the last couple chapters. I yeah, can't I imagine they'll so ever either. do anything like that. So I assume this is all we'll ever get in anime form of my love story. Uh, the big things that I want to chat on, guys. What? I mean, gosh, what, what did you... Like, David well, and Kenny, what was your first impressions? Like, what is... What, like... What what happened when you watched My Love Story? First of all, I watched the opening on every single episode. That opening is a bop. Oh, it's getting uh, Opening is a bop. Opening is a bop. I knew from the first episode I watched the opening. Click. Good show. No. <laughs> good show. Good, good show. show. Good show. Good opening. Good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I think... Can you want to go? No, I... Go, go. David. Okay, I, so I think for me, um, and I think we kind of talked about this in our group chat, um earlier this week but yeah i think i i fell in love with uh takio's character mm-hmm. like instantly because yeah. he he's like he's like a i guess like i i won't say typical shoujo because i don't know what that is but mm-hmm. he was just so always thinking about other people always putting other people's care or sanity or health in front of his own yeah. and in the first episode um he like accepts the fact that or not the fact but he just accepts that uh, all these girls like my my best friend which is suna like they all like him they don't like me um and is i mean he's like i understand like i look like this and he looks like a model so it's it's understandable and he's like i just you know as long as he's happy then that's that's all i care about and the girl that he saves uh, rinko that he saves from getting groped on the train, he instantly assumes that she likes his friend, Suna. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the story is a, the, the show is about um, Takeo and Rinko's love story, but it doesn't officially start until, I think, like, episode three or four. Three, yeah. Um, episode Whenever three. She has, she's crying on the bed. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. I mean, it technically, it happens in three, but it starts in four, yeah. Right, right. And so, there. and then we kind of see... Um, from the perspective of Rinko, I think on episode three or four, um, her perspective of those first three episodes, mm-hmm. and you realize that she like, fell in love with, uh, with Ko at at, uh, at first sight when he, he saved him, saved her from getting groped. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the things that they that they do because they the three of them, Suna, Takeo, and Rinko, start hanging out um, as friends, and it's funny because Takeo is trying to set up Rinko with Suna. But Rinko's trying to get help from Suna to get with Ko, and so it was just cute to see that. Yeah, what do they uh, say? Pretty late in the show, uh, the the one girl that that likes him, that likes Takio later in the show, is like, "Why are you so? Why are you so sly?" Or whatever he said. Why, why are you so? Because Suna knows the whole time. He's like, "No, yeah. bro. Like, what? Do you, no, she likes you. Obviously, she, okay." And then he does the the whole the whole under the bed plot, and he's like, "Okay, say it, <laughs> say it one more time, one more time." So he gets it. Come on, come on, Yamato, say it one more time. I love to care. Say it one more time. Just, just come on, come on. Yeah. yeah that- All of a sudden, his hand, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like whoa!" Like, this man, I was like, ah. yeah. There, there were parts where I wasn't, 
I wasn't so I wasn't expecting the show to be as funny as it was. There were so parts funny. where I was genuinely laughing. Dropping funny, dude. And yeah, it, there was, Bro, it was the a butt tree. Funny show. The butt tree. The butt tree. <laughs> I worship the butt tree. The butt I tree. love the butt tree. Oh my god! Takeo was like, Takeo was like, what did he say? He said, "I always thought it was a woman's butt, but I actually realized now it's a man's butt." And it's I was like, <laughs> "That's a man's butt." <laughs> and I was like, "That is a manly butt." <laughs> it's true. Like, Takeo's friendship is so wholesome oh and god. fun. Like and the the way they act is acted as kids and how they mm-hmm. continue to treat each other as adult like it's they are just so cute. I think Suda is my favorite character because he yeah he, he's, he's the best character. Yeah, he's he gets, my favorite character too. He gets Y'all so see. many he gets so many of the jokes and so many of the, the gaffes. I love I love <laughs> the scene the scene with the Serrano. <laughs> I, mean, oh I, I love that scene. Oh, I love oh that my. scene. Right. But the best scene is on like episode eighteen or nineteen, and his sister's like, "Or no, have you ever kissed anyone?" Yeah, I think and his eyes drop. He threw this <laughs> his like, it's like this is the scene like flowing behind him, and he's just like, "I was like, I lost it, dude." I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "I forgot about that." I was like, "This man, this man got that forced kiss over the saran wrap." <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. They're like, no, I don't want this. Yeah. Or when the oh. scene where Suda slowly backs away whenever they're having oh a conversation. And then he walks back in whenever it's finally time for him to be part of it again. So it's, funny. Yeah. Suda is so funny throughout the show. So many and, great moments. And if we're being honest, Suda obviously looks like a common shoujo like right. boy crush, right? He's, Suda is that on purpose, I think. Right. He's a pretty boy. He's, you know. Uh, but uh, he's so funny, and I think uh, Takio and you know Yamato are also fucking hilarious. But Suda is just so funny, right? Yeah, um, I, th- I think this was the funniest show that we've talked about. I think, yeah, in my 100%. in my opinion, I think this was definitely the show that I laughed the most at. Yeah, and I think I think my favorite scene was when you realize that you know Suna turns down all these girls not because he doesn't like them oh. or, or or he doesn't think they're cute or whatever. Right. But he he says no to all these girls because they talk bad about Takeo, his best friend, behind his back. Yeah. I was, and bad. then I was that crying. was that was what that was when I was like, soon as he's best character, he's yeah. my favorite. He's like fuck them. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's basically like bros before hoes, which is like <laughs> he really funny. is though. That's yeah. great. I, also, oh, go Kenny. At that age, you know, because like Takeo is sort of he is like I'm not this this cute dude, and soon as this like. Is pretty boy, but like at that age, that's sort of what you're attracted to. But as I've gotten older, like dudes that are ripped out of their mind and look like Takio at our age, those are the fucking hot dudes. Let's be honest, okay? Oh, if yeah. you if you are like, you know, ready set and girls are like Ta- Takio is lifetime goals, okay? If I could just be like Takio, okay? Yeah. I think that what def- like set this show apart is it it's a traditional shoujo, uh, but turned on its head, right? It takes mm-hmm. that and it gives us something new. And then this show does a really, really great job of... It's almost like we're dating Takeo, or we are dating these characters. Because mm-hmm. as the show goes along, unlike something like Wotakoi, which is a really standard slice of life series, less shoujo, more slice of life. This is a shoujo, so it does have a bit of an overarching plot. There's a little bit of some... Uh, a lot of things that happen early on impact the way things happen later and because of that there are sort of sub arcs you know whether it's like um the part you know sort of the suna's 
dad is hurt slash Suna half of the story. Mm-hmm. You've kind of got some right. of the back end where they start to kind of hook up some of their friends. Suna's little yeah. love story. Um, you know, some of these kind of subplots that you start to get. But what this author does really well is he pieces or he or she, I bet it's a she. I have no idea. The are the author, whoever they are, they are able to give us peeks into these characters that even late in the show you're getting a new perspective on them despite us kind of knowing right we know Takeo is a very giving person but when we hear the story about the dog in like episode 22 right about him mm-hmm. uh he hung out with the dog and then he gave it back to his owner and he was you get another perspective a continued perspective to get to know Takeo mm-hmm. even further um mm-hmm. as you start to learn more about uh, some of uh, at first you think Yamato Rinko is a very wholesome girl just like Takeo thought and then suddenly she has this whole moment with Suna's sister and she's like I have impure thoughts about him I think he's sexy I want to do bad things with him right she's like I want to cuddle and kiss him it's like you're like oh damn like she's and you have to remember she's at that point a 16 or 15 year old high school student and obviously like every 15 16 year old high school student thinks that too and Takeo has this like high esteem of her but truly Takeo's the He's kind of the wholesome, naive one. She's actually pretty, is, yeah. pretty mature. Uh, yeah. um, and we don't really ever get a peek. I, and this is something I was, I kept expecting. We never get a peek into Yamato's home life, and except for small, small peeks into her house. And I, yeah. I'm still unsure. I kind of have a theory that she had a nice ass kitchen. I have a I'm theory saying, that she had like great kitchen. Her parents are a little distance from her, but uh, as opposed. Least- to, we don't see much of Takio's or Suna's parents. Well, like I don't. No, you do. And, I mean, Takeo's parents we, we, get a whole story arc in the back end. Oh yeah, I know. Kid, but like, learn from the dad. Yeah. Before, like, what you meet Suna and Takio's mom early, but don't see them much. Yeah. And Takio's mom talks about being pregnant before we're ever even introduced to Takio's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was some sort of other like child with some random man. And then yeah, all but, of a sudden the dad was there like in the next episode. And I was like, like, oh damn. No, read they're, his, read they're, a happily married, they're a happily married yeah. couple having another kid. Um, yeah. And then she, they get a whole story arc and a whole backstory. And that's where this show really shined for me. I was having so much fun because each character slowly started to get, you know, opened up like a book. It was like we slowly opened up each character and started to read, thumb through some of their pages. Whether it was the, uh, I can't even remember her name, the girl that was in the relay race with Takeo. Whether it was her little little moment, her little backstory. Saijo. Or, or Saijo, thank you. And Or if it was the, the Afro friend and, and the girl that he was falling for. Suddenly these background, background characters that all of a sudden the author decided, no, we're going to open these books a little bit more for you. We're going to learn the things that they like, the things that they care about, while still using Takeo and Yamato as the the central point. They're still the, you know, they're the main force of energy. Uh, everything's sort of yeah. happening around them, but we're still going to get these little peeks into these other books of characters. And that is what made, for me, this, uh, it, it was both a powerful slice of life series and a strong shoujo series that, uh, felt very paced up it felt very fast and in the overarching plot despite it just being okay what other thing are these two cute kids going to get into next um that overarching plot was enough to keep me wanting to watch more unlike our last slice of life wotakoi which didn't really have that driving force it was it's it was a pretty standard um and i think my love story actually kind of falls on the line between a slice of life and shonen each episode was right. a pretty slice of life uh, yeah. shoujo, shoujo sorry yeah. uh because Despite, and I think what differentiates that is that the, because of shoujo's influence, there was like little story arcs is the word I would use. There were little arcs yeah. of storyline where we would have some continuation 
um, and then things would build on each other in each episode, which most slice of life have as well, but maybe not as firmly as something like this does that where it feels like a contained um, series or story. I love that yeah. about this show though. Um, I think I've got a couple highlight moments. I don't know. What are your highlights boys? Other high, we've talked well, about a couple that were really good, but what are your other yeah. highlights? I really like the, uh, the red and blue Oni, the red and blue ogre stuff. I also don't think Suna is very much of a blue ogre. He's not going to leave because, no, he would always be by Takio. He would never. But I, I do like that that story and that, that parallel. And I like the way they did the, the animation and the way they did Yeah, the they show, the show gives you its theme in the opening scene. Here's the theme yeah. of the series. It's about caring. It's about giving. It's about putting others above self. Yep. And then it just continued to build on that theme. Super cool theme. Mm-hmm. And to use that uh, as, a, as a base layer, I think, worked. Not every show or piece of media can pull that off where it's like, boom, here's a thing you're supposed to care about and it's going to matter, uh, but you don't know why yet. And then yeah. slowly make you go, oh, damn, yeah, this really this really hits. Or like, this hits different, you know? Yeah. What do you think, David? Um, I mean, I probably another thing that sticks to, to my mind is and I, I kind of wish we saw more of this and that hoped I was wanting this to be expanded upon more. But when Takeo gets a job working at this, yeah. which I assume is like a gay bar, yeah, like Hooters, it's, but for like yeah, sexy well, boys, but like protein shakes and stuff. Yeah, it like seems yeah. almost like a personal trainer, but he's fifteen. Like, <laughs> well, uh, you yeah, know. there were like things like that that I wish that. Like, I was really happy that they did open up, like you were saying, Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, like you were putting beautifully, like opening up like the books of other characters yeah. and giving them time to shine. But there were other things in the plot that I wish that they expanded upon more, like with Takeo's job. Like, I felt like his mom just became nine months pregnant in the blink of an eye. And well, time passes. Time moves the, really fast. I agree. I know what you the, mean. The, the season is a whole year, right? Yeah. The season yeah. covers from their first day as first years in high school until literally yeah. the last episode where they're starting their second year in high their school. Second year in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but things like that. And I, I was happy that because uh, a thing that they hone in like in the very, very beginning of the show uh, when Rinko is introduced is that she loves to bake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, she's just going to keep baking. And, you know, like, is there going to be anything more to that? Uh, but there are a lot of things throughout the show where they kind of like tied her baking into what what else was happening at the time. So like mm-hmm. the Christmas yeah. episode was something I really enjoyed where um, or was it the Valentine episode where she brought in her friends to yeah, like Valentine's together. Valentine's. Yeah, Valentine's, yeah. So she like got her friends together to like make chocolate yeah. and that kind of tied in the world, tied together the world of her friends, her love of baking and uh, Takeo and his friends, and that kind of, because um, that then oh, that then began the, the relationship of Afro and the other girl. That was Christmas. That was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. I, I liked how the author used uh, Rinko's love of baking to you know connect other story elements together. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. It worked really well. Yeah, it was one of her sort of like characteristics that overall drove some of the plots, which I thought was really cool. I didn't expect that either. Um, yeah. I also think that, again, it's just like, I have to keep going back to it, but Takeo was such an oddly authentic 
and introspective character that I wasn't expecting for a 15-year-old. He has a couple sort of inner monologue moments throughout the show that were maybe... I I liked them because they're my sorts of reflections that I'm going to have as an audience member. But when I pull myself out of that, I don't know if a 15, 16-year-old kid would be reflecting like this. Um, on You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, Typically, clearly, no. clearly these inner monologues were more of the author's like, oh, I've learned from this, and here's, right. you know, in the future. It felt, uh, so, it made me, it almost makes me wish that some of those inner monologues have been told by, like, in more of, like, a narrative form, as if it's, like, Takeo 10 years in the future talking about it or something. I think that would yeah. have been an interesting way to take it, because then it shows that, because he was having some very quick, introspective thoughts for someone who's kind of monkey-brained um, that were a pretty high level, and I think that, uh, for me as an audience member, I was in tears, I was like, absolutely, this, you know, so cute, these reflections on, on first love or the loves that you have, the people in your life. And then as I, as I was thinking about later, I was like, damn, like, those were really deep thoughts for a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. He was 16 by the end of the show to be having. Um, But I love that in some ways. Uh, The pacing was super cool. I thought that each kind of, uh, I don't know if they did it chap, like half chapters each episode, Kenny, if that's how it actually ended up. I think or, it is. It yeah. looked like it, it felt like it was like a chapter for each half of the episode. Like each yeah. half of the episode sort of covered its own chapter of the story. Uh, and that pacing worked. So about a two chapter and episode pacing, which is why they covered about like 40 ish chapters and across, you know, 20 uh, something episodes. Um, so pretty good little pace for this show. It didn't get boring or stale to me, which I thought it was going to. Every time I'd watch another episode, I was thinking, I would think, oh, is this going to get boring for me? But instead, I was just constantly wanting to come back and watch their love keep growing. You know, it was like I was drawn to that. I was like, oh, I actually do want to watch what happens next. Or I, even though there's no like, you know, no one's dying or getting killed, I was still super interested and excited to come back for another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was close. I mean, and when the show did drama, the drama worked so well. Uh, I think yeah. one of the key highlights for me is Suna's dad's situation. And yeah. the way that Takeo and Suna's relationship shined in that in that whole scenario, uh, very touching. Um, the mm-hmm. way that Takeo responded to it, as well as just Suna's processing of that situation as a young kid and trying mm-hmm. to deal with the fact that his dad was. Well, I, I believe it's understood his dad lives through that. Yeah, um, everything went fine. Right? Yeah, yeah, everything goes. They good. shake it. He shakes it. Tell me if it went went yeah, good or so not. Many good moments there, but uh, it's just interesting because yeah, his dad just kind of falls back to the back burner after that. But we see that like that's the kind of fear. We never that... even see his dad. Yeah, yeah we I don't, don't see him. I was gonna say I don't think We're I remember. Here. We saw the mom, but not his dad. Yeah, we um, we see the we see the mom a handful of times. And amidst but... it being a love story about Yamato and Takeo, it's also a deep deep bromance between Suda and Takeo. Um, Truly two of the most impressively involved male characters that I've ever seen um, in in an anime series. And you've kind of got almost... uh, One of my only other comparisons I have is Gon and Killua, who really, really deeply care about each other in in similar ways. Um, Obviously in a different type of story. What about about AG and Ash? Come on! Gotta go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the author in that show or at least the animated versions of them i don't think they did as good of a job making me invest in ag and ash's com- relationship or you know i felt it was a little more stale than i think suna and takeo was a better written relationship than ag and ash fight me um well, who's ag and ash where is that from from banana fish 
Oh, oh, yeah, it, the okay. Sh- the show we watched. Ash- yeah, like, yeah, I was like, wait. Please, I, God, I, don't let them take AJ from me, okay? Oh, my God. No, and I, that's what I'm saying, though. I think that we have such a such a strong uh, male connection there for that they are not in love, right? And there's, I love the moment when, um, God, I'm forgetting her name again, the relay race girl is talking to Saijo. Saijo is talking to Suna, and she's like, yeah, I like him as a person, as a person. I like him as a person. Um, and he's like, no, I think I like him as a person. Um, I think you like him more than a, as a person. <laughs> and he's like, no, she's like, no, no, don't you? Yeah. You like hanging out. Yeah. And she's like, he's just, you know, he clearly knows what his feelings towards Takeo are. Although yeah. when Takeo confronts him about it, do you like me? Suda? Do you, do you, he's actually pretty like, he kind of deflects when Takeo tries to talk to him about it. But when anyone else talks to him about it, Suna's like really open about how much he cares about Takeo. Which I thought is a really yeah. cute little quirk of Suna's character. You, it, it does make you just really love him. Like, you're like, Suna, you're the best friend that anyone could ever have in the entire fucking world. Like, everyone like, needs a Suna, dude. Suna has so many... Suna has a lot of lines, but so many of his lines are communicated with just the, the text All popping by his head. Yeah, because I, I it's like, that. nobody else can really... Like, he he's just like, uh, like, it's not important. Like, whatever. So many beautiful moments with Suna. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I love this show so much. I don't know what about it was so... Again, it was just endearing characters plotted well across a fun and well-crafted little little love story. You know, you, you constantly... Uh, you live the highs and lows with them. And they do go through a couple lows, including jealousy and uh, contempt for people around them that, that, that might be trying to take or impact their love. Um, or even this moment in the end where where Takeo starts to realize, like, if she really does love him more, then I'm okay with that. And I still love her for that. I love – I know that that's what's right for her. And that's where I was like, damn, like, again, one of those things where I was like, Super mature. they're reflecting on some mature, like, themes for 15, 16-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that happens a couple times throughout the show between the character that falls in love with Suna in the back half, um, yeah. the, the, the kind of – I, I thought a really well done relationship between the Afro guy and Nanako. Uh, I, Cause she was yeah. like, why the fuck don't you stand up for me, dude? And he's like, yeah. Oh shit, I'm just a coward. And like, I don't fucking know why. Like, yeah. He was like, well, he was like, I, I am. He's like, I can't, I couldn't have done anything. Yeah. I would have, I would have, like, I'm not big like Takeo. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I, maybe I would have gotten you hurt. It, it was just easier for me. To, like it, yeah. it was better for everybody to just go grab Takeo. Like, Such an interesting, again, so another, just one of those interesting relationships where, we get to see it through Takeo and Yamato's experiences, but then uh, we get to see other characters learn from, grow with, and build build out uh, this very fleshed out world. There's lots of characters in it that by the end, you're like, wow. And I, I the final montage is it kind of shows everyone. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. damn. I was like, this is a big world. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that's yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, it was very cute in that way, but... God, Takeo is my fa- one of my favorite characters. I think of anything I've watched in a long time. I I adore him. I think that he is what ties this show and the Promised Neverland together for me is protagonists that are deeply empathetic. And um, Takeo is the same way. He is a deeply empathetic character that will care for anyone, no matter even if they're their his rival, someone who has harmed him, someone who has done wrong by him. Uh, he will always continue to care first, which makes him. Again, it's weird to me that girls don't like him is kind of a, a running gag. And mm-hmm. um, 
but he's loved by every guy in school. That was, oh, yeah. I, at first I was worried that it was going to be kind of one of these stories where it's like, this man's been beaten down his whole life and that's why he doesn't understand why he's being loved. But in reality, everyone fucking loves Takeo. He's like the most, most popular kid does. in yeah. school. Like, the yeah. guys love him. Um, He's very heralded as like, but the thing is he just hasn't been able to find a, you know, his garish, right. his, his looks and his appearance have just scared off uh, like potential relationships, which is kind of his other, his, you know, he has great friends and great family and a great home life and an incredibly care. And it's why he has such an attitude of positivity, which I was, mm-hmm. I was kind of going into this thing. He's going to be like the fat loser type of character. And I was worried that that was going to like, make me a little like put off. Like then you saw, then you saw that beach episode. But then I said, like- no, he is, he is an incredibly positive and charismatic character that is mm-hmm. loved and loving and caring um, and very thought out, and yes, he's terrifying, and he can swim a mile in fucking seconds, and he can run faster than taxi cars, and he can jump and out of a burning building. What else other crazy shit did he do? I feel like he was just constantly I, doing shit that made just, like, absurd shit. Come on, the Yokozuna is born, okay? Dude, I was that like, was, oh yeah, the, my the doctor held him up. Yeah. The Yokozuna has been born. He was massive, and that yeah. just makes you go, wow, this is a character that loves life and loves him loves to be alive um and despite yeah. some hardship you know it's not like his family had it totally perfect they're clearly not super well off i think that's a, a part that isn't really shine both him and suna are not uh rich or anything like that you know yeah. what i mean they, they right. seem to live in very small apartments with their whole families um in sort of this small complex and you know takeo's parents have another kid on the way but uh just the wholesomeness that comes with caring for people in your life just blew me away, and I think Takeo is a character that deserves a lot of love and respect because he's such a well, well thought out character that never acts outside of the bounds created for him. And uh, he grows, he changes, he becomes better, uh, but he is—he um, never does anything that just seems like out of character. I think that really makes him a really powerful yeah. character for a, a shojo. Um, which I'm getting too deep for something that was like literally a rom-com. This is literally a rom-com and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. The, the themes and the, uh, <laughs> that shoujo, baby. About that. That's what, that's the part we love. Okay. Whatever boys. Okay, boys. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, some of the technical aspects, this is probably the best animated shoujo I've ever seen. Madhouse knocked the fucking, really well done. out of it's the park great. for no fucking reason. Just like incredible art and animation across the board, uh, the music. Oh Jesus Christ! This show does music, and David and I mentioned earlier. The only thing yep. I want to mention: it knows how to use music to affect your emotions. The moment mm-hmm. some sort of song would start playing, you'd feel, "Oh, I'm about to bubble up and cry, baby." The like, use of piano yeah. in this fucking shojo was so it, it hit every time and never missed. Yeah, every time they yep. really they really had the music planned to such a moment. Um, and the use of it was just, yeah, the moment certain songs would play, I would get emotional because I knew that they were trying to, and it just works. It works together. The music works, the art and animation work, the intro songs is beautiful. The, um, and it slowly, do you guys remember how at the beginning, the cake has the, like, no toppers and they slowly put the toppers on it. With, yeah. Oh and yeah. Yamato and, uh, I yeah, thought yeah. I always just thought that they put one more topper on. I guess whenever I watched the first, but I, think, I, I think it just ends with just the. Three no, they, still. They didn't. it's just the three of them. But yeah, yeah and just yeah. So uh, technical aspects, it's really good. The technicality part, yeah. art, animation, music, um, all this just really—it's really well hard to to crucify it at any point. 
Um, because yeah. unlike Wotakoi, which was clearly a much lower budget sort of slice of life where you kind of had to deal with some of the stale or reuse the animation, My Love Story never did that. It was uh, mm-hmm. all clean, crisp, very, very well, kind of meticulously animated, I would say, uh, to the smallest of details in yeah. some scenes. So um, very, very clean. It ha- it does the shoujo sparkles better than any shoujo anime I've ever seen before. You know what I mean? Like when something sparkles. Um, well, yeah, yeah. shoujo's do it a lot because they don't like to draw backgrounds, I think. Yeah, so they'll, they'll just pick the background out and be like, oh, there's just sparkles. Sparkles. Like, okay. This show just wow. nailed the shoujo sparkles. So um, I, I don't know. Any negatives or anything you guys want to hit on, on that point? Because I think we've pretty much... I think we've talked uh, about everything. Why didn't Suna date that girl? Okay, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. I was like, what? what is... So I, I was like... Wh- I was like- hoping by the end of the show that Suna would get some kind of relationship or something because everyone around him was. And yeah. so I I don't know. I just felt like... I wonder- he, I love that. he has that moment on the bench where he's like, no, don't, don't, don't try to spread the love or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm I'm like, I, I have tons of friends. I like, almost started to believe that maybe, I I don't know. The author never really like told us, but like I was starting to maybe lean into the fact that maybe Suna was not, um, like, uh, I think he was somewhere else on the like identity spectrum for this. I don't know if he likes women, if that makes any sense. But maybe he's just not. A, I mean, he says he does in a couple scenarios. Right, he likes I think the athletic, he, the athletic lady. But I think the <laughs> author was trying to maybe lay down some some hidden themes that Suna was still mm-hmm. kind of discovering what his sexuality and what his um what he really liked you know i don't know if the author was trying to imply that maybe he was asexual or something along those lines or the character was still trying to discover if he was maybe interested in in more than just women something like that but i do think there were some right. some small hints that that might actually be there um but again it's all over so I don't know where the author was going with it or if there was any intent to do anything with it, but it felt mm-hmm. like there may have been some small theming for that because th- huh, Kenny, I think it was just really like Suna. He didn't, he wasn't concerned about having a relationship or being in a relationship. Like he just, mm-hmm. he didn't really care for it at, at, at the time of it in his life that he was at. He just, yeah, there's no it. need for it. Yeah. 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 But I do love I, that. I love that the reason in my mind that he gives that girl a chance at all or like goes, you know, is willing and and happy to be around her is because it's clear that they approach him with Takeo. And I noticed that there's sort of this underlying thing that Suna only, I think gave her that opportunity because she, he realized that she, this girl thought highly of Takeo. And I think that that was a really good little sneak in in the back end. I was like, ah, yeah. Suna's only going to give someone any time of day if they if they're willing to see past Takeo's uh, Mm -hmm. faults and give him a chance. So I thought that was a really cool little thing they snuck in as well. Um, But yeah, other other like any like I think that this is a really strong. I I don't know. Again, I I don't watch a lot of shoujo. I don't think anyone. Well, Kenny probably watches the most of us three. Oh, definitely. Uh, and um, for me, this just felt like a defining story of the genre. It, I mean, it felt like my love story is di- it did something that the genre doesn't do and it worked and it was really well done. And I think that that makes it a really impactful 
uh, series in shoujo yeah. as a as a whole. So it's kind of hard to rank it because I think that in a couple of years, in 10, 20 years, it'll still be looked back as a sort of a defining point in the genre, something that was really cool and well done. I still hear it brought up in shoujo conversations, uh, and I think it will continue to be that way. So it is hard to kind of rank or rate my love story as a series just because it was really well done uh, on all fronts. But I do yeah. think we can rank it. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just trying. I was trying to think of like things I didn't like about the show, and I Nothing. like genuinely can't really find anything I didn't like. I think the the, the favorite, my favorite thing about it in, in its entirety was just seeing the relationships begin and grow, and just you know just riding along with them on that journey of them, you know, uh, just becoming closer. Uh, um, and more than just Takeo and Yamato, but just um, between, you know, Suna, Takeo, and um, basically all the characters. Because we yep. see, um, all, it was just nice to see all the interactions. And as the show progressed, um, seeing people in the world be more accepting of Takeo and seeing him for who he really is as a person. Right. Rather than just this large, you know, gorilla of a human well, being. I mean just girls in particular, right? He's, yeah. he is, I love, yeah. okay. one, I love the scene where he's doing the, the bat curls out the window. Um, <laughs> they drop I, him, then he monkey modes he, on and he yeah, flips. Yeah, he, 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 he was like, oh, I just went into the window below, but make sure you hold on tight next time, okay? Yeah. Uh, or I love whatever uh, uh, Yamato's like, you're like the strongest. And soon as like, yeah, I think so. And Takia's like, no, there are people that are much stronger than me. And Suna was like, um, I think that if we truly ranked all humans on, like, on the yes, bro, I lost like, it. Strongest, you'd be pretty high up there. Yeah, Suna was like, Suna was like really getting his ass. I was like, oh, he was like, uh, I'm was pretty so sure. Funny. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's hit it, dude. Let's rank it. Uh, David, count us off, dude. What do you think? All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> What'd you do? Seven point five again. Oh, I, I did seven. Okay, uh, yeah. so, so seven. I seven. I gave it just a seven point five again, and yes, that means I'm ranking it right next to Promise Neverland and uh, other shows like it. Um, only reason I I didn't go down to a seven is I actually felt it was just a little bit better than a seven. It's a shojo series that whether you watch shojo or not, you should watch it. And if you do watch mm. shojo, you'll love it. If you don't, I think you'll still enjoy it. It's a defining character, a defining story of the genre. It's worth it. It's worth a watch, and it does. It, it's not boring. It, it was not boring. It's it's fun and it's fast paced. So it's an easy watch. It's an easy binge. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty stopping twenty four episodes. Boys, why'd you give it the sevens? So so coming from someone like this was my first shojo ever, and I think this makes me want to watch more shojo. Mm-hmm. So. That in itself, it definitely received needs to receive a high number. Um, and then the show itself, I love the characters. I loved seeing the relationships blossom as the show continued, mm-hmm. and just seeing the plot as a whole, like every, everything was connected. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so solid seven. Solid seven. I would definitely recommend watching. Uh, you know, I know that shows can be bad. Uh, I know that they can be, be really good. Well, contrived uh, and soap opera. Vampire Night is not bad at all. I know we I don't honestly, know yeah. Vampire Night's the best shoujo of all vampire time. I think. Night, how, okay. How many vampires does it take to get to the center of a lollipop? The world may. Hey, hey, just, just, well, one second, one second. Yeah, yeah. Vampire Night. You said. Uh, yeah. So David vampire received an anonymous gift. 
uh, which one of our viewers sent him this little guy, his favorite anime series of all time? Uh, we'll never know. Vampire Can he? I just it's it's a cute show. I do think it's it's well animated. I really like the music. I I think it's good on all aspects, but I just I can't put it that much higher because they're like I reserve things for eight, nine, ten for things that truly blow me out of the water. You know, yeah. like I, I enjoy my love story and it's a great show, Joe. Um, but it, it's not my favorite show, Joe of all time. It's not, you know. But it's it's definitely worth watching. I think that it's if you're an anime fan, you should watch it. That's what I, I think. Yeah, easy enough. All right, boys, solid. Let's uh let's wrap this puppy up. We've grown a little long, so let's uh let's wrap this back end up. Kenny, who are you unraveling today? Sorry, guys. Oh, let me talk. You cut up real bad, dude. Say <laughs> We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Naruto, okay? Naruto! Everybody's fucking seen Naruto, okay? Mm. And sometimes Shonen anime has just got a fucking hit, okay? Now our story Naruto is about this little boy and there's this nine-tailed fox or something that attacks his village and then they sealed it in his belly and well, here's the thing, okay? Actually the nine-tailed fox is a manifestation of his mother, who is named after the moon, I think. Um and Actually, his mom is sealed inside of his stomach, I think. Um, and there are other tailed beasts, but we don't hear about them for like 350 episodes. Um, and also his dad's sealed inside of him as well. I, If I remember that one correctly, and sometimes whenever uh, a ton of people die in a war, you can just do the bring back the village no jutsu. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I'm pretty sure that Naruto, about th after the pain arc, he pretty much was unbelievably overpowered and incapable of being stopped by any means outside of uh like literally nobody else could stop him and so after that point it was like why are we even doing this anymore why, wait why are we going back to sasuke and naruto at the valley of the end they aren't even enemies they don't even not like each other they are, are still friends i don't understand why are they fighting this makes no sense naruto and then they become just, best friends then they become best friends and work together for the rest of their lives and live in the Leaf Village. Uh, it Naruto makes no sense. Okay, why is his mom inside of his stomach? What what is with the Uzumaki line and sealing the Nine Tail Fox? Why do we only hear about the Jinchuriki like three hundred fifty episodes in the goddamn show? Well, you learned about Shukaku what? earlier, but yeah, yeah, but there are eight other dudes. I don't think that in the earlier episodes mm -hmm. is that a, there a true connection between Shukaku and QB? I think, I think that it's not as clearly defined. You're right, but it's it becomes clearer in Shippuden after um, Jesus Christ, uh, the Granny Chio arc. I think you actually start to learn more about I, the Jinchuriki. I'm pretty sure. I'm a, the Jinchuriki is the main plot of Shippuden. After, yeah, essentially, like, the Akatsuki are like stealing them up or whatever. Yeah, they, and yeah. guess what? Zetsu was Obito. We all knew it was going to happen. Or no, wait. Yeah, Zetsu's his name, right? Zetsu's Obito. We all knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew from the very fucking beginning that Zetsu was going to be goddamn Obito. We all fucking knew But it's knew also it. Madara, Kenny. It's Madara Uchiha. It's also Madara. It's, it's also, also Madara. Madara. Also, the old villain. Okay? They also fight aliens from the moon. It makes no sense. <laughs> they do Naruto. a jutsu that traps them and makes them relive their old memories. It's the infinite filler jutsu. Um, if I remember correctly, two times everybody gets resurrected. 
Like, uh, isn't there? There's an arc where they fight them as zombies, and then they fight them as zombies again. Yeah, it's, yeah. Kabuto's reanimation jutsu, where he brings yeah. legitimately everyone legit. And though I will admit, the reanimation jutsu is not something that gets reduced that late. Remember, Ochimaru actually uses it in the original show. Yeah, to bring yeah. back two of the uh, two of the Hokages to fight the third. Um, yep. Yeah, to kill him, right? They kill him. Yeah, they kill. They kill yeah. the third. They finally <laughs> kill him. Um, this show is stupid. Um, <laughs> nobody should hold shonen anime up and say, "Listen, this is a coherent plot line straight through," because these things get made week to week, every week. And if you can maintain a coherent plot line with clutching to maintain serialization, I, I know that Naruto didn't have those issues, but still. If you were asked by a publishing company to continue to write forever, basically, your your story is going to spin out of control. You get and Naruto. You get Boruto. You end up with Boruto, which is the sad, 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 just money baby of Naruto. It's the word I would use. It is a money grab that has just been produced in a laboratory at this point. It's barely it's barely a story. Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, you want to know how they uh, figured out how to make Boruto even possible? Because obviously Naruto is unbelievably overpowered. I cannot stress this enough. Naruto becomes broken and no longer growing as a character. Literally God. Literally so, God. So Literally much God. before the end. They of had thing. to introduce moon moon ninjas, Kenny. They had to introduce moon ninjas that suck, suck the chakra. You know the main thing that moon every character ninjas. fights with? Entire, the entirety of the show up to that point, it's they just suck it. The Otsutsuki so clan! Now you can only use Taijutsu. Guess what? Everybody's like Rock Lee. Okay? Kaguya! From the moon! It's so dumb. God damn it. Trapped in the infinite Tsukuyomi! Oh, wait. The bullshit with Itachi? What the... Itachi's actually the 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 whole time our friend Itachi's had not bad. He's okay. very good. He's good. He oh, just had to murder good. everyone in his entire bloodline to be the greatest good guy. His family, they were the bad guys. That's why he had to kill them. They him. were bad. He was good. Edge Lords unite. Um, he touches Sasuke on the head. Okay. He always loved you, Sasuke. This. I remember binge reading this manga in college and thinking this shit's so cool yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy because it, it's it 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 does naruto deserves some credit but jesus christ does it no naruto's apart? not bad does it's it just the plot the back end just falls it just to out of control. yeah Kishimoto it just, just loses it yeah. in the back half honestly and i think all, that all shonen anime that or shonen manga that run too long spin wildly out of control as they just continue to get serialized and they're like well i don't know I guess I'll just keep I'll just keep writing. I don't know. I'll make something else. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll do a ninja war and kill some people. Oh, people okay, that like that I killed. We're going late. Uh, let's wrap this puppy up. Let's get this. I, I think I've said that every single episode, by the way. Let's wrap this puppy up. I have no yeah, idea. I have no, is, that, is that my catchphrase? Is that my wubba yeah. dub dub now? Am I just going to keep saying let's wrap this puppy up? I guess so. Yeah. I don't even know who the puppy is, dude. Is the podcast the puppy? Um, no. It's getting wrapped up. All right, boys. Next time we have a special surprise for you here on the Uncensored Anime Podcast, which means uh, we should hopefully have a special guest 
that you will find out when the episode drops. And we will be watching some new anime that this time we will not be announcing on this episode, but we will be announcing on our social media. So keep an eye on our social medias where we will be letting you know what to watch after this episode drops uh, to let you know what we're going to be watching for next week's episode with our special guests, which we'll hopefully be announcing on our special on our social medias as well. And then the week after that, we'll be doing a special episode. We will not be doing a rotating episode where we rotate which who picks which anime. Instead, we will be doing a special uh, fall 2020 seasonal first impressions episode where we will watch the first episode of 13 new shows brand new shows not season twos not season threes not reboots we're going to be watching 13 brand new anime series and we will be watching the first episode and giving you our first impressions on those 13 shows our first impressions on their first episodes that means we're going to pick shows that are being adapted from light novels some that are being adapted from mangas and some that are original stories so next week we're gonna have a special episode we're still going to be doing some anime reviews but with hopefully a special guest and the week after that come back for our first impressions on the fall anime season which should be a ton of fun for us at least because we get to watch a ton of shows all in one week which should be really cool okay guys yep excited um Thank you so much for listening along. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Uncensored Anime Podcast. We can't thank you enough if you've stuck around and you've listened to a couple of our episodes now. We've been really happy with the support that we have come. You know, we're growing at a nice uh, a nice pace that I think we're mostly happy with. Um, and obviously, uh, if you want to follow us on any of socials, subscribe. All that stuff. If you're just now discovering our show and you just watched two hours of it for some reason, please, uh, we, we would really love the love and support. We get nothing out of this except for purely our enjoyment of getting to watch some new anime shows and talk about it with the people we love and then share it with people to hopefully get some perspective on shows they should watch or on shows they have watched whether or not it's your favorite anime or your least favorite anime we stay uncensored here on this podcast we will rip it to shreds if we hate it and we will praise it to death if we loved it because we are not beholden to anything on the uncensored anime podcast but our opinions our perspectives our views about the genre uh, not genre about the medium that we love anime is a medium the medium that we love so we're really happy to continue to keep bringing these episodes out so david kenny do you guys have any closing thoughts on tonight's episode uh beautifully put thanks guys (laughs) no we're good then no, that you should just you should just like be the last word of That's all that. What shit, doing, shit! I need to quit. Doing? I always like wrap up, and then I think to ask you guys because I'm like yeah. I'm like you guys are the co you know we're we're co-hosting the three of us are co-hosts. Yep, and we are uh, the uh, I'm excited. All right, you. all right. See you guys next week on the Vampire Night podcast. Uh, thanks for watching. Bye.